Los aviones de aquí se unirán con los del resto del mundo. Y ustedes darán inicio a la batalla aérea más grande en la historia del hombre. De la humanidad. Palabra que tendrá nuevo significado para nosotros. Ya no podemos consumirnos con pequeñas diferencias, nunca más. Estaremos unidos en un interés común. Tal vez sea el destino que hoy sea el 4 de julio. Y ustedes lucharán una vez más por la libertad. No de la tiranía, la opresión o la persecución. Sino de la aniquilación. Lucharemos por nuestro derecho a vivir. A existir. Y debemos ganar hoy. El 4 de julio ya no será conocido como una fiesta norteamericana, señores. Sino como el día en que el mundo declaró a una voz. No entraremos en silencio hacia la noche. Y no moriremos sin pelear. Vamos a vivir. A sobrevivir. Hoy celebraremos nuestro día de la independencia. Salutations. Hola, mi compadres. Uh, it is nine minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of May, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. And happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Uh, it is uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today, 503-733-2970. We are here in the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, Solid State Radio. And uh, we're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, coming by. It is Monday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. Glad you're there. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. If you would like to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, uh, two cents, what have you. Richie Bristol, about whom we'll, as I'm saying every day now, hear more in a moment. Uh, we'll be uh, passing along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking the tedious, the mundane, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, I might as well just jump right into that. We'll have to, we'll have to stop down later to sort of talk about this, but I I didn't really expect this to happen, but at 11.20 last night, uh, you know, I got the, I have the, the BlackBerry, and so if somebody sends me something at either of my email accounts, it just, you know, it, it beeps and it lets me know that I've got mail, and so Laura and I, were, we were talking about something, we were doing something or other, and my BlackBerry vibrates, and she says, hey, what's, you know, and it was like one of the weird sort of rings, it's not like the cell phone ring, it's one that lets you know you've got email, and she said, what's that, and I said, oh, I don't, somebody just emailed me something, and I pick up my BlackBerry and I look at it, and what I see from Richie is, Chrissy, pages five through eight, so Richie was nice enough to A, send along pages five, six, seven, and eight of his Cybersex with a man. Uh, and but then on the do you see this where on the first page he actually did like a one he did a summary. Like a one sheet. He, he, did, he did like it was like a synopsis. He did a treatment on the front page. So anyway, we'll get to all of that here in just a few. It's uh five oh three seven three three two nine seven if you'd like to join us. Five oh three 
733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, tim at 970.am, or richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, so it's Monday. Thank you for coming by. Lisa Desjardins coming up uh, later on in this hour as we look toward uh, yeah, both um, Indiana and North Carolina. Uh, James Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles where another strike appears to be in the offing or possibly. Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from New York City uh, later on today where I swear to Christ, they're opening a New Jersey Hall of Fame. Uh, what else? Uh, we have uh, one of the best Florida stories you've ever heard, really. I'm not going to say definitively, hands down, that it's the best ever, but it is fantastic in many, many dozens of ways. Uh, what else? Cannibal Watch coming up today. Geek Watch. Uh, we'll answer the question, uh, what are the today's uh, children reading? Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, I have those air checks from Friday that I never got to. So Chris Paddock uh, gave me <clears throat> Chris Paddock gave me a great air check on Friday that I meant to play and that I didn't get to it, but it's okay. It's, it's just as well that I waited because it was followed up by a second air check later on that day. Uh, so we've we've got two fantastic air checks to get through today. Um, a whole pile of uh, things over to the right. Uh, more about Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, which is coming up in less than two weeks. Coming up, uh, I believe, ten days from today. That is not this coming Thursday, uh, but next Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. So more about that uh, on the way. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification of the day. A Silverdale, Washington man shoots himself with a concrete nail gun during a traffic stop. A giant worm is found in the Cascades. The Portland Tribune expands again by cutting back the printing of the paper to once a week. A drunken cyclist crashes into a car on Southeast 82nd. A drunken pedestrian is struck by a car on Southeast 82nd. Two people are killed when a Russian yak crashes near the coup. A driver is clocked at 138 miles an hour in I-205, but it's not the record. All hail Robert Tommy Jr. Iron Man striking gold, raking in over $100 million over the weekend. And all those stories in just two days, Tim Riley. Did you see Iron Man? Fantastic. Yes, I did. Was it good? Outstanding. I meant to see it this weekend, and then it just didn't happen. I just had to do all of this, uh, the, the crap that I had to do. Uh, and then I was just, and by last night, I kind of wanted to see it, but I was just so exhausted. I didn't want to leave the house. But uh, but the word is that it's very strong. Everybody I talked to said it was yeah, great. it's incredible. And, and I watched a second one on HBO, The Imaginary Portrait of uh, Dion Arbus with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and he plays the hairy guy. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a really a spooky movie. You know, there's a, he's. I believe that there's. We are now officially in the middle of a Robert Downey Jr. Renaissance. Yes, we are, and he's back. No, he's he's on his he's on his comeback right now. Well done to you, Robert Downey Jr. All right, well, I'm going to try to see that uh, either today uh, or tomorrow. And then I heard Stan Lee uh, on Dennis Miller this morning, as he always. Stan Lee, you know, at this point we could probably get Stan Lee because there's just. I get the feeling there's no interview he won't do. Hmm. I mean, if Stan Lee thinks that there's a single dollar to be made anywhere by by doing an interview, he'll do it. So, it was an right. outstanding motion picture. Excellent. And I Nadia will... comes out next weekend. Uh, it, it, it's, and then there was something else about Iron Man that I read. Well, it made $100 million, yes. didn't it? I mean, that's just, that's just wow. staggering. Phenomenal. I mean, it really is. Oh, oh, it's this. It's not about Iron Man. It's that, did you see that the high-definition, the high-res trailer for The Dark Knight is out? Did somebody send you that That's one? so funny. I'm posting it right Oh, it's the best second, thing. It's as you speak. so righteous. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. Although... And I hesitate to even say this. So somebody posted, well, not somebody, I mean, it was officially released, but somebody sent me the link, uh, I think it was late Friday night, saying, have you seen that this high-resolution trailer for The Dark Knight is out? Because there had really only been these sort of uh, crappy, like, bootleg versions of it around. Like cell phone recording. And the weird thing is, don't you feel like at this point you can't even really believe when something is a bootleg? You're not sure if it's a true bootleg or if it's... 
You know, if it's like well, Warner's or somebody. An intense um, viral marketing campaign that they're doing. Yeah, so they're like, hey, here's a copy of the Dark Knight uh, trailer that somebody recorded on a cell phone that they smuggled into the theater in their boot and that they posted on the Internet at risk to their own life and limb. Uh, and then you're watching it and you're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, like, is this truly a bootleg trailer or is this a thing that they've put up? So I think it's a bootleg trailer. Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. And the American movie-going public has become so lazy that they are now wheeling in concession carts right before the start of the movie into the theater itself. Oh, really? Where? Was this in the suburbs? Evergreen in the suburbs. And the funny thing is, as she's wheeling it out, she tipped the whole thing over and these big bats of popcorn go right down the aisle. That's worth your price of admission right there, Tim. Fantastic. Americans are just too lazy to go to the concession to get those big barrels of popcorn. I can't be bothered to stand up. So they bring it to you. That's great. Uh-huh. That's so wonderful. That's like at Cinetopia, which I really do love. We were in Cinetopia, and there's um, and I think Laura had a glass of red wine, and I and I just had some coffee, and we may have had like a little a little a snack or something or other. I can't really eat. Just as a side note, I can't eat movie theater popcorn. I just can't. Um, because it's my favorite. I see. It always seems like it's going to be good. It, it's it, you look at the and I think it's because you do. We've just been trained, or you have so many fond memories of movie theater popcorn from growing up. It's an inextricable part of the experience. And so I would always go to the snack counter and I'd say yes, and I'll, uh, I'll have a medium corn and a soda, please. And you always think That'll it's going to be great. Yeah, totally. Add a second mortgage in my house, and. I'd get about five bites into the, like five handfuls into the corn, and then it just, it's like Taco Bell, where it just, at the, you get one bite too many, and it just sort of turns on you. And you kind of go, I can't have any more of this. Um, so I just stopped getting the movie popcorn, but, so we were at Cinetopia, and she had wine, and I had coffee, and we might have had, I don't know, Jujubees, or whatever. And by the way, Jujubees is an interesting product when you think about it, because A, I don't even know where you would get the name. I can't eat those. Well, and... Would you say that Jujubees are a candy that is eaten solely in theaters? When have you ever been at somebody's house and they're like, hold on, would you like some Jujubees? And they like go to the kitchen and bring out a box. Jujubees are solely purchased at movie theaters, never anywhere else. Also this, do you know anybody, we've talked about circus peanuts and things before, do you know anybody that goes out of their way to buy Junior Mints? No one. They just sit there. Junior Mints are Actually, sort of... Junior Mints are my preferred candy if I do eat candy at the movies. Is that because they're fat-free? Scout's Honor. No, no, no. Just because you that... like them? Yeah, since I was, since I was little. I would, always get, uh, I would always get Junior Mints, and my sister would always get Milk Duds. All right, Milk Duds, I can see. Junior Mints seems like... It seems like mint is a thing that you only can handle so much of before it just sort of goes bad. I vividly remember watching Terminator 2 in the movie theater eating Junior Mints. Okay. Never mind. I stand corrected, then. What was my point? Oh, but we should, so speaking of Americans who can't be bothered to get out of their chairs to eat, so we're at Cinetopia, and what do we see? What do our wondering eyes should appear but the woman in front of us who's, who has ordered a huge thing of mashed potatoes? And so it's just, it was like the most American experience of all time. We're just sitting there waiting to watch uh, a movie for which we paid, you know, like $75 a ticket or something, uh, drinking, uh, sitting there drinking wine and overpriced coffee while the woman in front of us has a big vat of mashed potatoes put down in front of her. And we kind of looked at each other and said, this here's what America's all about. So, fantastic. Well, that's good, Tim. That means that'll be coming to my neighborhood soon. What starts in your neighborhood uh, eventually comes to southeast. Well, they haven't perfected the wheels on it yet, so it doesn't tip over it and spill the big bats of popcorn on the floor on the way out. You get the beta test. Yeah. That's what it is. They're really, that is. The look on that poor girl's face, like, I have to pick all this up right now. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, so I failed to see, uh, I failed to see Iron Man. Uh, this weekend, but I'm going to try to get that done uh, in the next day or two. So, uh, before we talk about what did happen this weekend, uh, joined today as always by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, and how are you? Hi. I 
Hi, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> I don't really know what to do. I had a, what I had a very did you fun, do this weekend, Sarah? I, I had a very fun jam-packed weekend. I went and saw uh, this really rad band, VHS or Beta, on Friday, and then on Saturday went to see another show for my friend who has to have eye surgery, so went and saw a show at Angelo's. Oh, that was the really, benefit. Yeah, it's like yeah. the Pinehurst kids played, uh, this band Benson Jones, a bunch of people played. And then yesterday, I went for like a 16-mile bike ride. Excellent. It Good was for you. Awesome. I'm totally burned. No, your nose is a little pink, but not too bad. Well, I'm covering, yeah, I'm covering my arms. My arms are totally red. But are you really I... self-conscious about not getting burned before the listener party? No, I'm <laughs> trying wanna... to get burned before the listener party. I, uh... I need to get rid of my tan lines from my um, bathing suit top from Vegas because it still has white lines. And I still haven't purchased a dress for uh, the listener party, so I need to try and find something that can work with all my random tan lines. That's okay. I just I got my rose submitted last night at like 11.59 uh, because I think they're oh, all supposed to be... the day? I think they're all supposed to be done by today and so last night literally like 11 45 like uh, sitting there typing out and um and and you're fat yeah <laughs> totally and he's fat and it's stupid send uh so um anyway so i got that sent off but i went um insert joke here but i did go on a bike ride uh, this week i actually uh rode on saturday saturday which was just i felt so bad for the poor cinco de mayo people who are trying to run that thing at the park? Man, I went down to that well, we brought our bikes and then I went down to the thing and I think that was nuts down there. Yeah, and, and, and Saturday just with the weather was just crap I and mean, it was gray and just raining and wind and it was just awful uh, and then Sunday was a lot better so Lauren and I actually did we, we, did, we biked through Mount Tabor which is we were talking about this before the show that like when you don't bicycle forever as is the case with me the first day back is always okay so Saturday was fine but goddamn Sunday and I tried the, the second day I tried to bicycle it was like my legs had just been made out of lead filled with fire ants. I mean, it was just so awful. Just unpleasant. So the moral is, don't exercise. Because if you do, it just leads to soreness. So you don't want to do that. All right. Um, anyway, speaking of exercise so and moving. Did you write today? I didn't know. It was a beautiful morning. I, I really, and I know I say this every time, I really meant to. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rick, I'm sorry. Were your tires flat again? No, I just slept in. That was it. I have no excuse. I just slept in. I woke up and I said, that's a beautiful day. I said, that was... That was the extent of my excuse. I yeah, have this morning's ride killed me. I was I've never been that hot when I got into the studio. Yeah, no, because and I could already tell. I got to work today, uh, whatever eight forty five nine something like that, and I could. It was already one of those days where you could feel the heat of the afternoon starting. So, which is fine. I said because Saturday just. I mean, we've been saying this for the last few weeks. I just I really hope we are past this sort of indecisive phase in the weather. We can either decide if it's going to be, if it's either going to continue to be bad or it's going to be summer once and for all. So um, it, I should take a moment, uh, both in terms of exercise and weather and movies, uh, to talk about Friday night for a minute. So our congratulations to Gordon Fatboy, who had a great turnout at the, they did their Lebowski Fest 3. Um and so the deal is, they were showing the Big Lebowski at the Baghdad Theater for the Midnight Movie, but they did it kind of differently. They had, at 9.30, the deal was they were doing this thing called the March of the Lebowskis, which is where you all... Weren't they playing hockey in their pajamas or something? It was sort of like that. The thing was, if you, should, you went to, they wanted everybody to gather at Laurelhurst Park, dressed as, uh, what's his name? Jeff Bridges? Jeff Thomas? Whoever the guy is. Who's the guy that plays... The dude, whatever. That guy from the Big Lebowski, the bathroom guy, the dude. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yes. Anyway, the, they wanted everybody to gather at Laurel Horse Park in a bathrobe, and if you came in a bathrobe, you got a wristband that got you into the movie for free and whatever, blah, 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 blah. So I went to the park at about 9.15, and, you know, you never really know. You know, you hope for a huge turnout, but sometimes it's more than you expect. Sometimes it's you know, less than you expect, but you always, you're always hoping for the best. So I showed up, and I was driving from my house to Laurelhurst Park on Friday and just 
And the closer you got to the park, everywhere you looked on the street, within about a mile radius, were, were dudes in bathrobes. I mean, at every convenience store, at every gas station, coming out of Fred Meyer, just everywhere you looked as you got closer to Laurelhurst Park were just guys in bathrobes. So I finally found a parking space, and I walked into the park, and there must have been 350 people there, all Dressed in bathrobes like Jeff Bridges. I mean, it was insane. It was one of the we- it was a great it was a great Portland thing. It was one of those things that you wouldn't see in too many cities. It was a, it truly a very Portland event. And anyway, so, so I'm walking into the and, and of course I'm not dressed in a bathrobe because I'm you know I hadn't planned to go to the movie and I'm, I'm not a big Lebowski fan. Um, but I'm walking through the park and I'm just dressed in my normal whatever I had on from that day. I hear this. Rick! And I turn over and it's some, it's a guy named Jake and Jake and his friend Brad, who are listeners to Court and Fatboy, but also listeners of us. And Jake comes up and he gives me like the full on, uh, like, guy hug. And he goes, Rick, I'm so glad you're here. I knew you'd come. And then he reaches into this bag and pulled out a bathrobe that I swear to you, he had brought for me. And I, and I said, What did he go? I brought a bathrobe. I knew you'd be here. And so he went, so I, and at that point, I didn't have the heart to say, like, I'm not staying. I just, I just came by to lend my support. So he puts the bathrobe on me, and so then I was obliged to say. And it was this great, like, really feminine bathrobe. It was, like, pink with hearts all over it. Awesome. So, uh, so I put on the bathrobe and, and whatever. And, and so then we did this thing. They did this thing, the March of the Lebowskis, which is where everybody who was dressed for the Big Lebowski marching from Laurelhurst Park to the Baghdad. And so if you had been driving anywhere down 39th, uh, anywhere around Hawthorne at about 9.45 on Friday, you would have seen 350 people all marching more or less single file down the street to the Baghdad, at one point causing a huge traffic accident, by the way. Oh, no. Not through any fault of our own or CBS's own, but there was a driver who was just so distracted, I think, by this that he, like, bumped into another car. And so as we're, like, walking, we're walking through the intersection, and there's just, you see two cars together. And I guess it's the guy that he goes, I don't know, I was just looking at all the bathrobe people. So, um, so there's that, um, that happened, and then, Jesus, I don't even know what else. Uh, it seemed like, oh, and then Saturday, Aaron had this, you know, Aaron, uh, Aaron and Lara had kind of put together this, this thing at the Geek in the City Studios that was, I don't know, it was just a lot of eating. Just yeah, a whole Aaron lot of said eating. that he has never seen anyone eat as much in their life as you did on Saturday. He said he's never seen anyone eat that much pizza ever. It was, was kind of gross. Aaron, Aaron and Lara put together this thing that happened on Saturday night at the Geek in the City Studios, where it was just um, the deal was every it was like a potluck, but the deal is everybody had to bring a six pack and a non uh, friend, like a non chain pizza. So that was, there was however many people, 15 people or something, and everybody had to bring a pizza that was from an independent pizza place and a six-pack of beer. And so really, at one point in the evening, there were like 15 large pizzas there, and I just, you know... Look, I mean, if you're going to eat, you got to eat. I mean, that's... that's <laughs> I don't know, right before the party eat, isn't, isn't the time to probably shove your face You know, look, at this day. point, here's the thing. I'm not going to get any fatter or any thinner between now and the listener party, oh, probably. I beg to differ, my friend. <laughs> I just... There are nine solid days to which you can get fatter. Well, I guess I'll just quit eating as of now, then. So we had this sort of this sort of potluck on Saturday, but it was all just pizza and beer. And, just, I, and, and it was that thing where, as Aaron would say, I just kept eating... And by the end of Saturday night, I felt like Violet Beauregard, who needed to be rolled off to the juicing room. I mean, it was just, it was just, just, un- and then we all went over to ground control, and I realized that all of my video game skills have left me, and I got schooled by my wife at Mortal Kombat. That's embarrassing. So, it's just, it's where you step up to play Tempest or something, and you realize that any sort of acumen or ability you had 
It's all just gone away. It's all just frittered away like sand through the hourglass. So, anyway. So, in addition, so in, apart from uh, from writing about Tabor yesterday, we didn't do anything. I was still so bloated from Saturday night uh, that just shoveling pizza into my face. I just sat on the couch and I watched Family Guy. That's all I did. I, what did you think of it? Uh, it was good. It was good. I uh, I think that it's gotten I think it's gotten kind of a bad rap from some of the listeners who 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 loathe it. Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't put it on the same level as South Park, but I mean, or but I mean, that's a high standard. That's I think it's a false comparison. That's I would exactly say, it. like, Family Guy is a different humor. It's well done. I would say it's good, solid entertainment. Have you been to an episode where they? Um, one of the things, one of the stints in Family Guy that they do is they do something. And they start to they start to do it, but it start it lasts for a lot longer than how you think yeah, it should be. Yeah, no, like it goes for about four or five minutes longer than it should. They do that Chris Farley thing where they make the joke and then they keep making the joke, and it's sort of like funny, 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 not funny. Really tired of this joke. Starting to be funny again, funny again, hilarious. Uh-huh. Like last night, I, was, I watched the new Family Guy. It was on uh, I think Fox last night, and there was this whole sequence of Peter, who bought a bullfrog for. Um, for Chris, and so he was, he accidentally he's like I poked holes in the bullfrog instead of the box. This whole sequence was of him picking up and dropping the bullfrog yeah. with the box about for about four minutes. There was a sequence last night where uh, where Peter was trying to escape from the FCC who had invaded his house to censor his life to censor his real life. And he puts on a jetpack and tries to escape. I realize I'm now describing a Family Guy scene. Puts on a jetpack, tries to escape, and just flies the jetpack straight into the living room wall. And then backs up and does it again, and then backs up and does it again, literally for like 45 seconds. Yep. And so, I mean, I have to say, it, yeah, I, I have, I have, I see, I'm not going to say I see nothing wrong with it. I think uh, there's, there's, I mean, I can see why people say that it is sort of a, I don't want to say a throwaway show, but it's not like a deep show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's well done. It's well done, solidly crafted entertainment. So I watched probably five regular episodes, and then I watched the Star Wars special, Blue oh, Harvest, cool. which was really good. So, no, no, no. So I come out, I give, I, give, uh, I give Family Guy a thumbs up. I have no problem with Family Guy. All right. Um, I don't even, uh, okay, is that, do I have time for anything else? Probably not. All right. So that's what everybody did. Tim's got fantastic news coming up. Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Steve Kastenbaum around the corner. James Roop around the corner. And more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Pro- the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Is Aaron asking you specifically how many pieces of pizza I ate? Yeah, he just wrote me and he said, uh, please to be asking Rick how many pieces of pizza he had on Saturday night. And then in bold, I've never, ever seen him eat that much in that thing. Oh, I've, I've eaten much more than that. I'm pretty sure it was nine pieces. Wow. It's hard to say, though. I sort of, it's all a blur. Where does it all go? That's like more than a pizza. That's more than a, a, an entire pizza. Yeah, no, it really is. I don't know. It, it clearly, I think it goes into me and then just stays there. That uh, the, the evidence. You don't look like there. you're getting any bigger, though. Well, you say that now. It, these things can have a kind of a delayed reaction, though. Uh, so, all right. Uh, in any event, well, it was. I mean, what are you going to do? Went in Rome, Sarah. I mean, there was. But you weren't in Rome. You were at Aaron's apartment. I uh, wasn't at. Well, I was at the Geek in the City Studios, uh, which is the only place that could hold all of us because we're all just. And at one point, it was so great. We're all just. Sitting in a circle, and all you hear is the sound of like, <laughs> followed by like beer caps being, uh, being <laughs> and it was just the weirdest group of people. I mean, it was all like the normal Geek Squad, and then Richie was there, and then uh, Chris Sneathan was there, and it's just a whole lot of. And the instruction to everybody was, you must bring a six pack and, and a and a you know and an independent brand large pizza. We all didn't specify large, by the way, large, make it a large. Uh, and so I, I can't not eat it. 
You know? It would have been disrespectful to the other guests. That, and that's just wasting Nobody food, Nobody wants Sarah. to go to a potluck and have the one thing that hasn't been eaten. Yeah, and I mean, really, uh, you know, here in, in really the most prosperous nation in the world, it would be disrespectful to those nations that don't have uh, food uh, for me to just let it sit. It's like when your mom would say, look, hey, clean, clean your plate. There are people starving in Bangladesh. I was eating for all those who could not eat, Sarah. I'm sure they're very appreciative, Rick. All right. And what I do. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hello, guys. How, how are you? How are you? Good. How's, how's life? How's tricks? Things are good. How was the resolution on Friday? Was there any sort of a talking to or a scolding perhaps <laughs> that happened? There was, in fact, a conference call between <laughs> myself, Tyler, and Jerry, uh, which, which was actually pretty hilarious in of itself. And, and, a, and generally a very good time, but then unfortunately it took a whole other turn, and we had to get into an entirely unrelated standard, standards issue that was really a pain and uh, chewed up uh, the entrance to the weekend. Hold on, now when you say there was a standards discussion, you're saying this was not related to this very fine radio program? Not related to KCMD. It was a deal. We, I was interviewing a blogger, and we were discussing whether we can use his blog name or we needed his full name, and that, that whole issue. Was the blog name uh, blue in some way? No, not at all. It was Oreo. <laughs> Blogger Oreo. Okay. So completely unrelated, but the the actual the KCMD portion of the conference call with Tyler and Jerry was hilarious. Did they uh, did they know that my uh, rapier like wit really is a beam of sunshine into an otherwise dreary broadcasting <laughs> experience sometimes? You did get major props for the J. Edgar Hoover reference. What I do? That's what you do. All right. If I really wanted to be, if I really wanted to be clever, I could have busted out a Clyde Tolson reference, but I decided not to do that. <laughs> but you saved that for today, so that's nice. Yeah, Better on that. a Monday. Just decide, you know what? I was gonna, I was gonna lead with my rights right there. Hey, <laughs> um, so I have something right here, very exciting. I'm holding in my hands. This is sent to me by a listener of ours. Um, I have a fantastic fun fact about CNN. Now, Ooh. here's the thing. It's really exciting, but at the same point, at the same by the same token, I know there's a lot of news to get to today. Okay. So, would you rather have the fun fact now? Would you rather have it at the end of the call if there's time, mm. or would you rather right now that I put it away and we bring it in another day? I say let's do it. Let's do it now. Let's get let's let's let's, let's just open up the windows. Let's do it. All right. Now you are because we can always I can always spit news into any size bottle. Yeah. <laughs> But the X factor, I never know. How great and sad for you that when you come on this program, you've learned that you may have to take all of the actual relevant, real hard news and pack it into 12 fun-filled seconds at the end. Yes. yes. Um, now, you have obviously been to the, the CNN Center in downtown Atlanta. Yes. Here's a question for you, Lisa Desjardins. Mm. Do you know what the CNN Center formerly was? Yes, an indoor amusement park. Do you know for whom it was an amusement park? Oh, I did know, and I don't. I cannot tell you now, no. Okay, this was sent to me by our good friend Todd the Corpse. Uh, he says, uh, uh, says in ni- this is from Wikipedia, by the way. Okay, oh, okay. In 1970, and this is true, though, because I real- having read this, it's, it sort of all came back to me, but I had never put together all the pieces of the puzzle before. In 1976, a developer asked Sid and Marty Croft right. oh, wow. to develop an amusement park for the new Omni International Complex in downtown Atlanta. The world of Sid and Marty Croft was the world's first indoor amusement park, but due to inexplicably poor attendance, it was closed after just six months. The <laughs> Omni International building that contained the amusement park was renamed to CNN Center when the site was converted to the present CNN headquarters. So CNN headquarters used to be inhabited by the world of Sid and Marty Croft. Yes. How fantastic is I that? Mean, I can't believe I, how could I forget 
forget that that's who that was. That just that makes I mean I would I had already planned on going to the wow. CNN Center at some point just to sort of scope it out, take take a look at the digs, meet the people <laughs> that we speak with all the time. Yes. But the idea that it once housed the brain trust behind Land of the Lost. Land the of the Bo- Lost was the best, exactly. I mean, yes. That is that is just a confluence of such fantasticality. Uh, that I can't even really find the words to explain it. So that's... there is in the, in the large atrium in CNN Center is sort of this massive place. If you haven't been there before, it's very uh, it's 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 sort of you need kind of the movie moment with the camera from 40, 40 stories above coming down to you. And they have uh, an enormous escalator in there that I think has established some sort of escalator record. I don't know what it is. The longest escalator south of. Washington, I'm not sure, but it's a very long escalator that goes up into a large globe. I think Steve Kastenbaum actually told us that it is the largest escalator on uh, the largest escalator east of the Mississippi. Maybe it, it's something. I know it's I. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Apparently, it's a very, very yeah. It, it has some sort of important escalator claim to fame. I also find it difficult to believe that an indoor theme park based on the world of Sid and Marty Croft could somehow be unsuccessful. I mean. Don't you want? I know. Maybe it was. I mean, it, it, maybe it was the placement in Atlanta. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It seems like that's a no-brainer. Maybe. And here's the segue. Maybe. It, maybe it was. Uh, it's the Roger Clinton factor. Maybe the uh, the brothers of Sid and Marty Croft. The younger. The younger. Shecky Croft. The younger Shecky Croft. That was his project. <laughs> he was going to make good, and it just uh, he just didn't have it. Zeppo Croft. <laughs> um, all right. Well, in any event, uh, did you write today's prep sheet copy? And I say, uh, knowing that the answer is almost certainly. You know, I never know if I do. I, I might. I usually they'll take it from intros that I write for other stories. I swear to you, the lead for your copy here in the prep sheet says Indiana, Schmindiana. Yes. yes. All right. Well done. <laughs> so I had sort of. It's not that I'd forgotten about it, but I think it, because we had gotten ourselves into such a super white hot frenzy over Pennsylvania. Yep. That. Not that tomorrow doesn't matter. Clearly, it does. But it's just I, I think we all have a little post Pennsylvania fatigue. Yes. And so now we're having to like ratchet ourselves all up for for tomorrow. Um. So, so what is the lay of the land as it now stands? Okay. Well, essentially, Barack, it's the delegate count, the overall delegate count is very similar. Barack Obama is still ahead. He's ahead by about depends on how you look. Uh, about 140 delegates. So Obama 1745, Clinton 1602. Those are the numbers that CNN has right now. But he has been catching up in super delegates. And this is the story that I'm pitching. I, and we talked a little bit about this on Friday. That the truth is, these primaries. I'm sorry, Oregon, your primary does matter, but it, it matters mostly in how it will influence these super delegates. Right now, in the super delegates, remember Clinton had. A hundred more superdelegates in her camp than Barack Obama in January. Now that is down to, last count from CNN, 14. She leads by just 14 superdelegates. So he has almost completely made up that distance. The reason that's so important, of course, is the only way for, for Clinton really to win short of a colossal disaster for the Barack Obama campaign uh, is she has to win over a large amount of superdelegates in the next couple of weeks. So she's hoping that, to, think of, you know, for the sports fans out there, I've described this as a sort of mini camp, a recruiting camp. Indiana and North Carolina are a chance for superdelegates to kind of scout out how these candidates are doing 
and see who they think who they want to go with. And that's almost why they're they're the most important is because superdelegates will look at tomorrow's results and decide if they want to move or not. In the past week, we have seen a lot of superdelegates making decisions, whereas it was frozen for weeks and weeks. So we were talking about them, but they weren't making decisions. Now many superdelegates are starting to commit. Um, by the way, just two things. Uh, one, I was multitasking my head while you spoke, thinking about mm-hmm. what you were just saying. Also, a viral marketing idea I had for the Hillary Clinton campaign. Oh, and yes. three, I think our cough button is fixed now. I'm gonna cough. Hey. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the cough button and then uh, cough. You tell me if you can hear it. Okay. All right. Did you hear that? Success. No. Fantastic. No, nothing but just just beautiful peaceful silence. I healthy 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 robust silence. That's all I heard. Well, okay then. Well, I'll try yeah, not to be offended. To, as opposed, no, as opposed to, you know, a, a weak, sickly cough. Oh, I know. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, two things. Uh, so that, then, uh, I was at uh, sort of a gathering uh, on Saturday uh, where I just consumed, I would say, probably 94,000 calories. And right next door, it was at a friend of ours, sort of an art studio where he works, and right next door is Portland's Hillary uh, Clinton oh, campaign headquarters. Great. So we actually did, um, we went in and we actually got two Hillary Clinton signs just to sort of decorate his uh, his space. Oh, but um, it's, it's, you know, it was really interesting, actually, to... To, to go by the Hillary Clinton campaign headquarters here, you mm-hmm. know, because it's it's equal part inspiring and cringe-inducing because they have this one poster of her. i got to find a picture of it and send it to you where it, it, it looks like a parody of a campaign sign. It's like it's like all these big, bright primary colors, and it's Hillary, this sort of Lenny Riefenstahl pose where she's like, she's like, like hands on hips, like looking up at the sky, and it's sort of like... It's like Rosie the Riveter meets Aryan Superman, and and it's you know the, you know aviatrix yeah. glasses. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she is the one in big black, <laughs> and it's just kind of embarrassing to look at. Um, oh. I had this great idea though for a viral marketing campaign that somebody not uh, officially associated with the Hillary Clinton campaign ought to have done. Probably too late now, but I was thinking about this. Because of course, uh, as uh, as somebody once said that you know, I think it was Abby Hoffman who said that uh, he, he said that you know, mockery is the most powerful political weapon one has. Uh, and so I had this great idea for a viral marketing campaign, uh, and the and it would just be you, you put these out on the internet, and it would just be a bunch of uh, pseudo uh, sort of campaign support banners for Barack Obama. Okay. And you would just get you would just get like like. Like the whitest, most Utah-looking family you could possibly imagine. Like one of those families that's like in the picture frame when you buy it at, uh, you know, at at, at Fred Meyer. Um, And you would just have a series of captions underneath. It would just be like this incredibly white-looking family with lots of teeth smiling at the camera. And then the captions would be things like, uh, rich white people for Obama. And, oh, wait, Uh, how about this? Also this, smug NPR listeners for Obama. Out-of-touch elitists for Obama. And then you just get those posted on the Internet. I'm just saying right now, see, sometimes I've, I, I have ideas for the McCain camp, sometimes for Barack. This is an idea for the Hillary Clinton this is an camp. Idea for the Hillary. You know what? They, they, they are maybe 30 seconds away from that ad campaign. They are, that is right. You are in sync. I just feel like I'm... what the Clintons are selling right now. I'm missing my, I'm missing, uh, my opportunity here, my, my moment. I really do believe like I ought to be involved in some sort of political black ops. You know what I, I mean? It's true. Well, you, you How know, do I get that job? You know, I did go on a, a date with a guy that, that that was actually that was that was what he was doing, 
and you know, for good or for bad, I, I think I ended up talking him out of it, and he's now oh. a, a teacher in Florida. <laughs> and teaching so, in Florida? Yeah. When you, you talk about an exercise in futility, that's he was, a, he was a, that's a good point too. He was an opposition researcher for Bush Cheney back in 2004, uh, and I sort of was like, whoa, yeah, I couldn't, and I, I really kind of pressed him on this big philosophical debate about opposition research in general, regardless of who you're working for, and then he he called me uh, just shortly, he moved away, and he called me, and he said, I've decided to become a teacher, I'm uh, really going to help people, so you know, I'm sorry, I, I had a chance for you. That's all right, you know what, in Florida, <laughs> it's like you got your hands full trying to teach them how to use a knife and fork, let's be honest, I mean... <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. It's time to buy property, though. We, uh, I think we got a, a roll out here at the moment, or Steve will be uh, annoyed oh, with yes, me. Yes, yes. Um, are you on tomorrow? Of course you are. I am. I'm here tomorrow. But uh, Wednesday, Thursday, no, but Tuesday, yes. All right. We will talk to you tomorrow, then. Okay, great. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins. Excellent. Wonderful. All right. She's such a fireball. I like the way that she answered that. It's like, you could do it later. I could put it off until the end. She's like, I want to do it right now. Yeah, no, she grabbed it and ran with it. She sure did. All right, fantastic. Um, so are we going to be reading? Oh, I have God. a copy of this, too. I didn't I, I haven't, haven't read even it. looked at it. No, I, I, I haven't but even. But I see a lot of text, and I saw a me, couple words okay, that I. Okay, let me just look here. Here's, and we'll get Steve Kastenman in like 10 seconds. So as you may or may not know, and you probably do, um, so Richie Bristol, this is not the recap, by the way. This is a new program you're listening to. So Richie Bristol had uh, cyber relations with someone that he thought was a woman through some massive self-delusion. And then, you know, of course, we found out it was a man. And Richie, God bless him, brought in the transcript of this cyber sex. Uh, but he only brought in the first four pages, and he, quote, wouldn't show us the other four because they were just too much. So he now brought in the other four. Now, Should we just jump right to the last page? Well, let me just say this, that he brought us the final four pages of this transcript, but then he was nice enough to also prepare a synopsis, a five-bullet-point synopsis. Have you read the five-bullet-point synopsis? I sure did. Should I even read? Yes. Let me just... Jesus. All right, let me just read this... Fi... And I'm sorry that you have to hear this, Steve. Let me just read this five-bullet-point synopsis of Richie's... <laughs> I think Steve would find this amusing as well. Should we he's... bring Steve on? Oh, yeah. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, Hi. I, think, uh, I think this might be better than whatever my news story is. So. <laughs> well, you're just talking about Joe Piscopo. So, I mean, almost, and really, silence it would be more interesting than Joe Piscopo, probably. But um, So, you know the backstory on this, that Richie inadvertently had relations online with someone that turned out to be a man? Yes. So, he wouldn't bring us the final four pages of the transcript last week, because that was just too much. But he brought us the part where he was, like, you know, getting lotion everywhere. So, God bless him, today he did bring us the remainder of the transcript along with a five-bullet-point synopsis. He has no shame. You know, God bless him, though. We we really do love Richie, and I mean that sincerely. And it's because of things like this. Um, he, he gives and he gives, Steve. So, I will now just read this five-bullet-point synopsis, then we'll talk about uh, actual news. Bullet points. Okay. <laughs> I swear to you, he brought he me. He did put here's, bullet points. Here's the actual transcript, and then there's a one sheet. He prepared a one sheet synopsizing the transcript. Like a junior high school book report. Okay. <laughs> totally. I mean, you know, it's like it's like in Hollywood where you know they do coverage or whatever it is, like like you know for a studio executive that can't be bothered to read the whole script. And so you get a reader who prepares a one sheet summary of a script that then the studio head reads. Mm-hmm. Richie says, att attached is the second part of the transcript, pages 5 through 8. Here is what happens. Bullet point 1. I get some lotion that gets hot when blown on. I then follow... 
after getting this lotion, I try to find a hair dryer or a fan to use. Apparently to simulate the blowing uh, on the lotion. Oh, okay, okay. Bullet point two. Chrissy, that's the alleged man, Chrissy's roommate, George, <laughs> who he claims is a woman, Chrissy's roommate, George, catches us and joins in. Bullet point three. I swear to you it says this. I'm looking at it, too. I know that it will say this. Mm-hmm. We all make a Richie sandwich. Oh, on the Internet, huh? How yeah. does that work? Four. Chrissy hints that I should try. This tells you everything you need to know, by the way. Bullet point number four. Chrissy hints that I should try being with a man. We call that bridging right there. That's a little bit of a bridge statement. Yeah. Bullet point five. My brother comes home to catch me in a mess of lotion and candle wax. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Are, are, aren't you glad they created the Internet? Oh, am I ever. I don't even know what we did for show prep before this. I think I just came in and I read, like, farm reports or something. How's, how's your life, Steve Kastenbaum? I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. That, yes. that he opened his life up to you in this way. You know, Richie, uh, Richie cares. He is a giver, definitely. He, he does. He cares about what's best for the show. Apparently he's giving a little too much. Yeah, yeah. well, I suppose that that's it's all relative, I guess. Yes. Uh, all right. On here? We, we've got a New Jersey Hall of Fame now. Insert joke here. Insert joke here, exactly. Uh, it, it, the only, well, here's the joke. They, they made the punchline for us. They don't actually have a hall. <laughs> it's like a, it's a, is it just sort of like a, like a vacant lot of fame? It's a hall without a home. Yeah, you know when you think of New Jersey these days, you think of the Sopranos and the opening, uh, you know, the opening credits and, and the New Jersey Turnpike and the large sure. gas storage tanks and everything. Well, New Jersey's a big state. They want you to think of a lot of other things besides for that image and, and the the infamous aroma that you smell uh-huh. as you drive along the Turnpike in the northern portion of the state. So they inaugurated the New Jersey Hall of Fame by inducting all sorts of individuals, including. Thomas Alva Edison, who had his uh, lab in New Jersey. Albert Einstein, who worked down in Princeton. Uh, Frank Sinatra, of course, old blue eyes. Uh, Yogi Berra, who lives in New Jersey. And uh, Bruce Springsteen was not only among the people inducting folks into the hall, he was actually an inductee. Now, is this going to be one of those things like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, though, where in the first year they induct everybody you care about, and then they're, like, scratching every other year? Yeah, I, I think so, because they, they have to run short after a while, and they start probably, you know, like inducting the owner of the Asbury Park. Uh, uh, what, what's the the Stone Pony. Yeah, the Stone Pony, right, yeah. So. so anyway, Bruce was surprised. He had no idea that New Jersey even uh, had a Hall of Fame. Of course, <laughs> didn't until now, and, and he had this reaction. Does Connecticut have a Hall of Fame? I mean, maybe they think they don't need one, you know. Um, so, but then I thought, like, well, let me see. All right. Albert Einstein, Bruce Springsteen. My mother's really gonna like that part. <laughs> and then it, I didn't. And then it just says Daisy Fuentes and Joe Piscopo. Yeah, yeah. They've already first year and they've gone to Joe Piscopo. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all right there. I don't know. Yeah. It's the first year we're already down to Piscopo. I I don't know where we're gonna go from here. I think and we may have bottomed up. The inauguration ceremony was held in Newark. Of course. Of course it was. Not Atlantic City. I uh, I have nowhere to go from here. I, I think we ourselves have bottomed out just by... See, we've already gone to Piscopo now. I have, there's <laughs> yeah. no other comedy to be wrong here. I know you're kind of uh, short on time today. So um, are, you, uh, are you on tomorrow, my friend? 
Yes, I am. All right, tomorrow we'll give you uh, more recaps from Richie's transcript because I know you long to hear them. Oh, I, I will make sure to take some medication to prepare myself. For <laughs> Excellent. All right. Or maybe just get something that, uh, you know, get some lotion that maybe warms when you blow on it. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, we must have that here in the supply closet somewhere. I'll, I'll check. Thank you, Steve Castorbell. All right. There right. you go. Fantastic. Wonderful. All right. I haven't read any of these, by the I've way. I've read a little bit of it. Let me just. Because well, he gave it to me at like let 10 me just pick, this morning. Let me just pick a, pick a, a random sentence or two. I still believe that we need to have somebody read this back and forth. Sounds like you need to get crazy, Winky Emoticon. Oh, I, I'm there, too. All right. <laughs> Listen to this. Sometimes that's good. We should try that. Wow. Try what? Are we going to do this? <laughs> you need to try new things. And then Richie says, can't have a man in the room. It kind of is a buzzkill for me. Only kind of. <laughs> oh, I can't read the next part. Oh. That's dirty. Wow. Well, I think she's, I don't know where she's rubbing the lotion. Okay, why don't you close your eyes and let me blank that blank in, blank Richie. Big Richie, she calls him. <laughs> big, big Richie. Richie. Uh, she keeps you calling him. You need to him, try it, Big Richie. She keeps calling him Big Richie. <gasps> oh, did you, did you read that at the bottom? I only. Wow. 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 Can we say that? Well, he wouldn't have given it to us if we couldn't say it. Well, no, that's not true at all. That's, first of all, don't assume that. That's true. Um, oh, okay. I hate to be doing this, but we have to wait. We have to wait and talk more about this later. Yeah, we should, yeah if Richie's being nice enough to give us this, maybe we should disclose <laughs> what he does and does. Not oh, no, I wasn't thinking about that. I'm just thinking we're running out of time. Okay. I want to be able to devote lots of time to this. OMG, I can't believe I am doing this. Let me grab the hairdryer. <laughs> Let's take a break. Back after this. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Jesus. Uh, later on, James Roop and other things of that nature. All right, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. That it'll burn your eyes. No, I I saw something that we missed that was a little above it. Oh, I'm sure there's many things we missed. Yeah. It's four pages long. All right. Mm. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Tim is crazy today. 503. <laughs> there are bats everywhere. There are dust particles floating around. I don't Monday, I think people dump them in here. I don't dispute from some government laboratory. <laughs> I don't from Los Alamos. I don't dispute that there's lots of dust in here. There's just something, there's something particularly funny, though, about that one gesture you have when you are batting the dust out of the air with your hand. There's just, and every time you do it, I think of Hunter Thompson or Raul Duke. I think of, I think of Johnny Depp in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with, like, the fly swatter because the bats are... We were just outside of Barstow when the drugs took hold. And there's giant bats coming out of the sky. Every time you do it, I just picture giant cartoon bats circling above your head. Well, every time I sneeze, more asbestos falls out of the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, All right. Did you see Kristen Bowie today? I have not. So sad, limping around on crutches. Oh, no. And she said she's already demonstrated she's not like... You know, she's a little clumsy anyway, apparently. And the, the idea that they, oh, no, 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 you'll be fine. Have some crutches. So, uh, in any event, ugh, Jesus. All right, but the studio does seem, it did seem like there was a little extra funk and dirt and 
scum everywhere today. we got to remember it was built in the 1970s. It is true. Oh, somebody, by the way, speaking of that, weighed in about the elevator. They said that the reason that the elevator has three floors, even though there's only two in the building, is that at one point, whoever owned the building uh, had expressed interest in possible expansion. In other words, when they filed the plans with the city, they said two-story building perhaps to become three at some point. Okay. So that there were plans at one point to make this a three-story building. That's why the elevator says three. So, FYI. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Bring back our meat. There's a recall underway for 286,000 pounds of meat because it may be contaminated with the bacterial Listeria. It's a voluntary recall, so you can eat it if you want to. It has uh, several uh, different brands of fresh and frozen food products made by the Gourmet Boutique. There is some uh, chicken salads there and sandwiches uh, sold under the name of Gourmet Boutique. There are also uh, burritos under the name of Jans. That's the final Mexican name. And Archer Farms <laughs> Burritos. So let me understand this. They're recalling the meat, but only kind of. You yeah. can still eat it if you want. You're not being forced to. But, I mean, what well, happens what? if I if I don't? Well, it's hard to take one's meat away now, isn't it, for a carnivore? <laughs> you can have my meat when you pry it from my cold, dead hands, Tim Riley. Why? But what is wrong with the meat? It has listeria. <laughs> Wait, hold on, but it's not... I don't understand. If it has listeria, why are they, why are they still offering you to, like the chance to keep it and eat it? Well, I mean, this isn't a nanny state. We want the government off our backs, don't we? I guess. No, that's a fair point, Tim. Smaller government. Mm -hmm. So, I just thought that was a thing that would require a recall. No. <laughs> okay. Well, just no. like we require $3 gallon gasoline, we no longer require that. <laughs> if ever we did. Fair point. So what is listeria? Is that a thing that kills you? I don't eat the stuff. I don't know. Apparently it does. Let's, it's bacteria. Let's look up listeria, shall we? Sure. Let's all uh, stop right in our cracks here. Doesn't listeria sound like some sort of Greek goddess? It does. Uh, let's see. Listeria, a bacterial genus consisting of six species, named in honor of Joseph Lister. Lister. Um, you can get a high fever, headache, or nausea, or all three. Yes, yes, you can. Uh, let's see, mechanism, blah, blah, blah. The Center for Science and the Public Interest has published a list of foods that sometimes have caused outbreaks of listeria. Hot dogs, deli meats, raw milk, cheese, feta, brie, camembert, blue vein cheese. Basically everything you like. <laughs> Queso blanco, raw, raw and cooked poultry, raw meats, ice cream, vegetables, raw and smoked fish, and the green lip mussel. Whatever that might be. Um... Let's see here. Oh, and it's most prevalent in the elderly and pregnant people. Mm -hmm. uh, pregnant women, I guess. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, okay, so so there you go. So I guess that's out there. So eat that or don't. I suppose it's your choice. Yes. It is part of the freedom of the individual here in America. Right. All right. We don't need the government on our backs telling us not to be poisoned. That's right. This just in, Dateline Los Angeles, Marvel announces it'll release Iron Man 2 on April 30th, 2010. Following the success of the comic book franchise, they have pulled in $104.2 million domestically since opening last Thursday and $201 million nation worldwide. Excellent. Good Can you imagine that? Uh, four other films based on Marvel superheroes are also announced. Thor is due out June 4th, 2010. The first Avenger, Captain America, May 6th, 2011. 
The Avengers, July 2011, and Ant-Man. Ant-Man. <laughs> Who's Ant-Man? I think that's they're making that up. I think that's a fake superhero. All right. Wait, and didn't they well, do they, an, they had room for an extra one. So I they thought they an did Ant-Man. an Avengers movie a couple years ago. Hmm. Didn't they do an Avengers movie with Uma Thurman? I don't Avengers is the one with Mrs. Peel, right? Mm-hmm. I think they did an Avengers movie a couple years ago, and it was terrible. Well, maybe that's why they're doing a new one. And Ant-Man. That's the one I'm... So I'm setting aside all social engagements for Ant-Man. Ant-Man. All right. They ought to just do... I'm calling it right now. They ought to do a movie that is just all of the real yet overlooked slash forgotten superheroes from times past. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Superheroes that that really did exist, and that were in comics but that have just sort of fallen by the wayside. You know, like it would just be sort of Rom the Avenger and Black Lightning. Somebody do that right now. I'm just And Captain Carrot. I'm just Somebody ought to take all of those and just roll them into one big film. I'd go see that. I remember Captain America cartoons way back when, but I haven't seen them around the longest time. Um, I think on video. Well, you know, they and Captain America got killed a couple of years ago. I think they killed him off. Oh. Maybe he back. came back. They always well, come back. Well, we need him. Yeah. All right. So uh, the second place movie only made $15 million. And that was uh, made of honor. So the rest of these theaters are empty, basically. Baby Mama, $10 million. Uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, $6 million. Guantanamo Bay, $6 million. The Forbidden Kingdom, $4 did million. Movie bo- did moviegoers forget forgetting Sarah Marshall? Apparently so. 80, uh, 88, 88 minutes, <laughs> $1.6 Well, $21, 2000000 Prom Night, $2.5 million. Wait, so can you? So what is it? So Baby Mama? Oh, that's the uh, the Tina Fey movie. Second. Maid of Honor, boy, God, Lara tried to drag me to that, because we were talking about, and that didn't happen, by the way, because we were talking about what to go see, and she said, well, you know, maybe we should go see a movie, and we ended up not. Nah, we ended up just hanging out watching Family Guy, but um, but it, she said, you know, what should we see? And I said, well, Iron Man, and because I'd been equivocating, but then I'd heard from everybody that it was really good, and I'm like, well, we should go see Iron Man. She's like, I don't know, I don't want to see a superhero film, so she sort of. She kind of put her foot down that she wasn't going to go see Iron Man. And then I said, well, okay, I, you know, I can see that by myself. What do you want to see? She goes, how about that new Patrick Dempsey film, Maid of Honor? And I just, and that was, that was the, that was the yang to her yin. I was just like, no way, no effing way. You will never get me to see that movie, not if you put a gun to my head. And we kind of do this, actually, when we go to the movies and they're playing all the trailers, as we sort of, as we sort of go through the trailers, I mean, we will just look at each other, and I think everybody does this. When the trailer plays, you look at each other and you go, huh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But occasionally, we'll be there and a trailer will play for something, and it just and I look over and I'm like, no, like no, never. And if you try to make me see it, I'll leave you. There's no way. What is that movie? Uh, it might have already come out and gone. It was the one about the guy and the whole premise of the movie is he's explaining to his daughter three different women who might have been her mom. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It was from the people that made uh, like Bridget Jones' Diary and Notting Hill. Oh, the one with Ryan Reynolds in it? And it was like three different like oh, it was I... like three different women that he might have knocked up to make the daughter. And he's telling the daughter the whole movie's him telling the precocious daughter three different And it's the little girl from um Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, and it's three different women who may have been her mom and he's telling her three different versions of the story, which is like creepy in a hundred different ways. But Lars like, That's a good I'm like, No. No, no, never, never. I will never see it ever, ever, ever. I kind of wanted to see it. Yeah, well, that, no, that's, I mean, it, you know what? But you are the target audience for that, just as I'm the target audience for things exploding. Uh, and I told Lauren, like, you know, find, find a girlfriend to go see that with, because I would not enjoy sure, it. There are girlfriend movies and there are, you know, like, date movies. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. And I just, I'm like, you know. Definitely maybe. And I said definitely maybe. That's right. And I said, you know. Here's the thing. I just wouldn't enjoy it. If you tried, it's like when, when, it's like every time Death Cab for Cutie comes to town. And she says, hey, do you want to go see Death Cab for Cutie? And I say, 
If you can't find anybody else, I'll gladly go because I love you. But you would be better served taking someone else because then you would have a better evening because you wouldn't look over and see me checking my watch all the time. Uh, apparently, I'm getting comic info wrong. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. What's up? Um, well, I was uh, listening to you massacre the comic information <laughs> there. Yes. It made me wonder, you know, are you is that your weak area of nerddom? I, uh, I or don't, is it a DC Marvel thing? I don't really know that much about comics. I mean, I, I know maybe... A little bit more about comics than maybe the average person, uh, but in in terms of geekdom, I have very little comics knowledge. So, well, first of all, the Avengers, that, right? There was an English television show, right? That was the man and woman. They were the detectives. Right. There were ten different women, and then they remade that with Uma Thurman. But that's not the superhero Avengers. Oh, so there's a superhero Avengers, but that is not related to the British series. Right. The superhero Avengers right. is like a bunch of comic book heroes working together as a team, like Captain America and Thor. Uh, and... See, there you go. All right. So, so that's what your Avengers are. All right. Okay. Glad I could help. Okay, but can you give me props for a Black Lightning reference? Hello. <laughs> Ta ding All right. Thank you. Bye. And, all right. And Rob, I made a Ron reference. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, speaking of... Girls want to see one thing, guys want to see another. Yeah. I need your opinion of the crew there. My wife wants me to go see Phantom of the Opera. Uh, oh, it's amazing. Well, where is that here? Uh, the Keller. I've, oh, I've actually cool. seen the Phantom of the Opera at the Keller, and it was really awesome. Now, I'm is sure this what's at the Keller? I would imagine. The Keller's a great venue. Is this one of those things where it depends on the cast, though? Like, are you going to be seeing, like... You know, is it going to be like Gary Sandy, you know, as the Phantom? I mean, do you know? I mean, Tony Danza. Yes, sir. I mean, that's, I mean, really, I mean, it, 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 it's like how, depending on where you see Spam a lot in America right now, there's different. The lucky folks get to see Clay Aiken. Um, but, I mean, does that really make it or break it, in your in your guys' opinion, the, the, the cast of Phantom of the Opera? Uh, no. She saw it in, in New York years back. Well, then, but, I mean, for Tim and Sarah, because you guys have seen it, does it matter? No. No, so the no, cast no. is, is Absolutely irrelevant. Absolutely not, no. Okay, go, go, then go see it, sir. Well, I mean, have you seen it before? I have not. Then it does seem like you ought to just because it is a pop culture thing. It is, it is a, it is a Expand famous... Expand your horizons. Yeah, and it's a and famous... I've, I've seen uh, it tons of times, and it's never any different. And it's a, it's a famous part of the culture, and it's, a, you know, it's kind of an event. Yeah, I would say, I would say so, absolutely. Thank you. All right, thank you, sir. All right, there you go. No, I mean, you, I mean, you gotta see it. It's like, uh, it's like seeing, it's like seeing a chorus line or something. I mean, you just, you kind of have to, uh, it just because it's, uh, it is part of the world in which we live, sir. Yes, Tim Riley. See, this is the first I've heard of this. Maybe either of you have. Uh, apparently, two British boys get together and make their own Rambo movie. Now, I don't know if this is a true story or not. It's called Son of Rambo. Oh, I saw the... Uh, and it opened in five theaters and made $52,000. I saw the ads for that, but I didn't really know what it was about. So I don't know if it's, if it's a true story or what, but it's called Son of Rambo, and I don't know when it's playing here, but it's out there. And um, by the way, Ant-Man is a Marvel superhero. He makes him... Man. <laughs> Mant. He makes himself very small and slips through keyholes to smack down crime. As it should be. Okay. Uh, before I forget, this uh, today's visit is brought to you by our friends at Fox 12 Oregon, the afternoon's biggest stories, new at four, live and local on the scene, first with breaking news, covering stories you'll see only on Fox 12. When you want the whole story without the wait, it's the four o'clock news on Fox 12 Oregon, first, live and local in the afternoon. Uh, by the way, just a final piece of clarification, and I have no knowledge of DC versus Marvel. I know that's a whole, like, Blur versus Oasis thing in the comic book world. I just don't have any, but... Aaron says, Black Lightning is a DC character. He says, the only black heroes in the Marvel Universe are Luke Cage, Goliath, Blade, and I swear to you, he says there's a, he says there's a Marvel Universe uh, superhero named Brother Voodoo. So there you go. I trust Aaron on these things. 
All right, here's Tim Riley. I wanted the weekend to end so I could come in and tell you the story. AT&T will subsidize $200 off the cost of the new iPhone, bringing the price down to $199. Well, thanks so much. For customers who signed two-year contracts. Now, Apple is expected to have two versions of the new iPhone, the 8-gigabyte memory and the 16-gigabyte memory model, <laughs> with a price tags widely expected to be between $399 and $499. It's your kids. So, you'll be able to get an iPhone for under $200. Well, hooray, Tim. How good for me. Or not I me. I thought you'd be really maybe. excited. Well, I just no, no, no. I, I just uh, I'm I'm locked in on my uh, I'm locked in on my black. And plus, you know, I an iPhone would do me no good uh, because it doesn't work with any with any with any anything that CBS does. Like CBS is, and I think many businesses are this way where they they simply do not support the iPhone. I think for I think now for for consumer use, mm-hmm. in other words, just for like your regular personal phone. Yes. Uh, you know, it's got a strong base. People like it, and I think you can use it. I think for me. I don't think it would. I don't think the iPhone would interact with any of the stuff I needed to interact with. Mm. Um, although I will say this: apparently, um, somebody, as they always do, the Apple faithful stepped up to smack me down about something last week. I'd said that I didn't think the iPhone was interoperable with iTunes, but apparently it is. Apparently, if you got the iPhone, you can download crap from iTunes like right there, which I guess you would have to. That would be the only reason why there'd be an eight gigabyte memory on it. I mean, it's yeah. for something that and porn, apparently. I mean, that's. I guess that's all you could really. That's all you. The, the only thing would really need that. So, all right. Well, fair enough. God bless them. Maybe they'll switch to the iPhone because, according to this report, CBS earnings soar in the first quarter, far exceeding Wall Street expectations. I think we know why that happened, Tim. I don't know how that happened. It's us. <clears throat> it's all because of us. All of take all the credit. Take the credit. Damn it, it was. Us. I'm sorry. It was all Katie Couric's doing, Tim. I think so. <laughs> Katie Couric has led this company to the top, to the tip top. All right. Fantastic. Uh, doing a few local things here. Now I've heard everything. A drunken bicyclist ran into a car on Southeast 82nd Avenue. The driver was pulling his Ford Mustang up to a stop sign at Luther Road on 82nd when the bicyclist crashed into the car. The bike was ridden by 37-year-old Kenny Crawford in Milwaukee. Apparently out for a, a night out on 82nd. <laughs> Tired of Milwaukee. Uh, state troopers cited him at the hospital on charges of operating a bicycle under the influence. Unsafe operation of a bicycle on a sidewalk and operating a bicycle without required lighting. It happened at 9 p.m. That's early, isn't it? 9 p.m. It was one of uh, 282nd uh, Avenue accidents fueled by alcohol. What's the second one? Well, a car struck an injured, intoxicated man on Southeast 82nd. Also over the weekend, uh, George Hennessy stepped off a TriMet bus and tried to cross when he was hit by a car. What a way to end a TriMet ride. Happen right in front of Applebee's. And several employees uh, noticed it. The impact threw him several feet into the air. He was also tossed onto the car's windshield. Jesus. Now, was somebody drunk in this case, you said? Uh Uh-huh, yes. Uh, Driver's going 30 to 35 miles an hour. Driver wasn't injured or sighted. Why is that? Apparently, the guy was drunk. So it was the bicyclist that was drunk, right? I guess so. Well, wait, this is... Please tell me the guy named Hennessy was drunk. Well, it doesn't. I'm, I'm not making hard. No, we're not saying. We're, we're just. I'm speculating here. Uh, I'm wondering. I, I, if I have uh, no other information on Mr. Hennessy. So some. So some, somebody. I'm spending the night with Mr. Hennessy and Mr. Daniels. So somebody was. Somebody hit somebody so else. Off a TriMet bus. Is it, it? That isn't bad enough to be riding on 82nd <laughs> on a TriMet well, bus. And, and to complete. And to complete an enchanted evening on 82nd. <laughs> and the thing is, when you get off the TriMet bus, you figure your troubles are over. No. Well, I made it through the TriMet bus ride. Nothing. Talk. <laughs> Honk, splat, crash. 
Well, I'm out of the danger zone now. That's fantastic. Well, at least he wasn't shot. <laughs> by the way, um, by the way, nobody nobody was uh, injured on the Max over the weekend, as far as we know so far. You sound like that Anne Murray song, that A Little Good News song. Yes. Um, uh, by the way, final note, final, final, final note. Rick, dude, pleased to be pointing out that Storm of the X-Men is black as well. Signed, Mike, black guy in Portland. All right, sorry for the Rick Emerson uh, regrets the omission. Here's uh, Tim Riley. A Russian yacht has crashed in the coup. It's a one-engine plane. Of course, you can't expect more than one engine from the Russians. It crashed Friday afternoon east of Vancouver. Uh, the plane is registered to a partnership in the coup. This, this is the, uh, oh, the first yak was flown in 1976. Oh, I thought you meant like a yak, like a... <laughs> No, no, no. Oh, okay. This is a flying yak. It, it was designed as a trainer for students who later wanted to advance to flying Soviet jets. It is now made in Romania, the mark of quality, and is flown by <laughs> recreational aviators in countries ranging from the U.S. to New Zealand. I think Romania is the new funny country. Mm. For a while, all my jokes were about Bosnia or like Zagreb yeah. or something, just because they're hilarious. I think Romania is going to be my new go-to joke. Mm -hmm. uh, like when I have to reference a kooky country, it's going to be a, it's going to be Romania. By the way, back on the iPhone thing for a second. This is not just an Apple issue, but this Apple is sort of the worst about this. That does sort of. I mean, stories like that do really let you know that that's the price you pay for being an early adopter. Yeah. Because everything like that that comes out that you have to wait in line for that's $799, mm -hmm. that was, well, like less than a year ago, right? Yeah. Something like that. And now it's 199 bucks. That's why so, I'm holding up buying a hybrid car. I'm going to yeah. wait a few years. Well, that was our thing when Laura and I went and we test drove a hydro. It was 26 grand. Yeah. Uh, and for a car that we didn't even really like was all that, that much. Was that the Honda Civic Hybrid? Which they don't make anymore. I think they've actually discontinued it. Let's see. It says they're still making it. Really? The Toyota Prius, I see a lot of those. Yeah, the Prius seems to have been, that seems to That's be the gold standard right now. But it's not that much mileage at 46 miles per gallon. Well, see, you know, we were talking to Susan about that, because Susan Reynolds has a Prius, and they drove the Prius to San Francisco and back. And my question was, like, in terms of actual fill-ups, like how because that's really what it comes down to right people say well your mileage in the city is but i think people don't that's i think that's an amorphous sort of because really honestly who who knows right now even what gas mileage your current car gets you might tim no you not know, very much but i mean do you know if i asked you right now your car do you know how much gas mileage you get for the gallon yes really yes okay see i don't know that sarah do you know how much mileage what miles per gallon your car gets oh God, hardly any. Mine I don't get, even mine know. Mine like 18. See, I have the Volvo. It's, it's hauling around a tank. <laughs> it's made of iron. It's like driving yeah, a concrete ship around. A big old clunky car, and it just, yeah, it just guzzles gas. I, yeah, see, I know, my, that's and that's, I think, the way people judge it. I know my truck gets crap gas mileage, and I know my car gets better gas mileage than the truck, but I couldn't, I mean, maybe that makes me a dumb American, but I couldn't tell you what gas mileage my car gets. I have no, and you know why? Because uh, there's no need, there's no reason for me to know that. I mean... Knowing it isn't going to make it better or worse. It just is what it is. I fill it when it gets to empty, and I drive it until it's there again. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we were talking to Susan about that Prius. And I said, you know, you drove to San Francisco and back. I said, do you have to fill the car a lot less? I mean, that's really what it comes down to when you're talking about a hybrid. For me, anyway, because the, the environmental issues are less to me. For me, it's just about using less gas. And I said, do you have to fill it a lot less? And she said, yes. She said not a lot, but she said she filled it, she thought, like a third less than she would or a car that ran on, you know, uh, a regular. A Prius is an attractive car. Just to get an old fat lady. Well, the thing about the Prius, I will say this. The, the, the Civic Hybrid looks much better than the Prius. The, the Civic Hybrid looked a lot better from the outside. And I'm just, this is, by the way, from a few years ago. I'm sure it's changed since then. But 
so a couple things here. The Civic Hybrid looked really good for the Honda because it just looked like a Civic, it looked like a regular Honda Civic. And we drove it, um, and it was a, you know it was a great car to drive. A little pricey, it was twenty six thousand dollars. Does it and make noise when it goes? No, uh, no. Well, not when you idle certainly, and not unless you get above a certain a certain speed. And it's that same thing about when you're at a stoplight and you you're, you you press the brake and you're just sitting at an intersection and it's just just quiet, just absolutely quiet. But it was twenty six grand, and at that point, you couldn't modify the car. In other words, you know, we were like, well, okay, um, you know, because if you're going to like 26 grand out for a car, it's not enough that it be a hybrid. You want it to be a good car. Like you want the car itself to be something you'd want to be driving in. Uh, in other words, we weren't looking for a hybrid. We were looking for a great car that happened to be a hybrid. And we said, okay, so we'd want to get this with like a different stereo and, you know, like a different color. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. This, you're, this is what it is. And I said, well, I said, I know this is the test car, but we'd want this car, but maybe in maybe in like uh, blue, and then maybe and he's like, no, no, no. He's like, this is the car. It comes stock. You can't change anything. And we said, well, what the hell? And he's like, well, they just came on the market. So that was many years ago. I'm sure now it's it's probably, and I'm sure it's probably less than then. The thing about the Prius, the Prius is still better looking than the Honda Insight that came out a couple years ago. The Honda Insight was the first hybrid car that came on the market the first and it was just hideous looking it was and that was the car that indicated to me i almost speculated there was a plot at some point like a conspiracy to make hybrids ugly so that nobody would buy them because that insight was the worst looking car i'd ever seen in my life uh the prius is much better looking and here's the other thing even if you think the prius looks weird there are so many of them on the road now that you're not going to get looked at weirdly for it so. i noticed a lot of them out there they're everywhere yeah they yeah, they really are you notice I, I i was walking the dog this morning and i noticed that new little tiny car that looks like a cockroach oh is the that the, the three-wheeled car yeah um was that the one with three or four wheels i saw the three-wheeled one downtown today this one has four yeah it's, I've called, seen a little four it's called smart car and it's smart car for two is that the one it's like a bmw or a mercedes or something look at that thing it looks like a cockroach yeah i uh let's see this is who made this well, is this like this? There, is it, this doesn't, like, it, it doesn't do that well mileage-wise, really, if you take a look at it. But it's cheap. It's only 15000 I saw a three-wheel, I think it was a three-wheel BMW parked downtown today. And it was like that car. It was like a little clown car. Yeah, that's Only one car. wheel in the front, and it was electric. And it was in front of the World Trade Center down the street. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was... I've, oh, I've seen that before. Did you know this? Did you know that there's like a power charging outlet yeah. down there for electric cars? Yeah, I don't know who drives that thing, but I've seen it before. Yeah, it was Isn't like... Is the one next to the World Trade Center? Yeah. That one? Yeah. It's like this space for electric cars only. And, like, there was a car plugged into it. It was the weirdest thing. So, well, it's about freaking time. I mean, really. Oh, so this car is made by uh, Dahmer. Oh, Dahmer Chrysler. Yeah. All right. Not to be confused with Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer Chrysler. <laughs> Buy this car. I'll eat you! <laughs> Cheap joke. I'm sorry. That was a little family guy type joke right there. That's exactly... Remember that time we bought a car from Jeffrey Dahmer Chrysler? And then it was like, you know... And then and then you would cut to, the, uh, to Jeffrey Dahmer as the sales guy going... All right, and if I can just get you to sign here and here and... And then he would just, like, eat you. No, I thought I'd start the week with easy jokes. I know I should have never introduced you to Family Guy. No, no. I'm regretting that. I'm just saying, that's exactly the kind of Family it Guy totally joke that you would be. So. It totally is. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, so so uh, a guy is uh, pulled over for hit and run and uh, shoots himself with a concrete nail gun. He shot himself in the chest with a nail gun. Uh, during a routine traffic stop... Oh, was investigation of a hit and run says the washington state patrol they were on uh, old newbury hill at chico way in silverdale wherever that is in what way where they're at uh, chico way and newbury hill which is in silverdale all right uh, they made eye contact with the driver 
Uh, the trooper followed him with the sirens and lights on flashing. The vehicle exited and stopped at the Kitsap Mall. The driver was given several verbal commands by the trooper, but the driver did not respond. As they approached the vehicle, he, he was told by an 18-year-old male passenger that the driver had shot himself. He shot himself in the upper chest with a concrete nail gun. Wow. This nail gun is also known as the ram gun. It's a concrete <laughs> tool. It shoots an approximate uh, six-inch steel nail, followed, uh, powered by a 22 caliber cartridge. So it's like a, a gun for nails. So uh, Does it say the name of it? Who is the person? Who is the person? No, it doesn't say. Is there somebody you might know, Sarah? Well, probably, since my parents live right next to the Kitsap Mall. Jesus. Oh. Well, all right. Well, it doesn't say, but call up and inquire about Does the... Does it say uh, how old the person was? I'm looking here. No, it doesn't. Was not. he dead? Yes, he's dead. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's all done. Ooh. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Hey, first off, try and family guy. I'm the guy who called last week and said you should try it. Oh, no, it was. Uh, I found it to be a, a wholly amusing program. Hey, I'm glad you liked it. Yes. And then second off, uh, Toyota makes a Camry hybrid now that is actually just a normal-looking Camry that happens to have the same engine and stuff as the Prius. See, that's my thing. Is like I'm not. I don't, I'm not looking for a hybrid. And you know what? I don't need to show it off. I don't care if other people know I have a Prius or not. And frankly, at this point. I would rather not have a car that looked like a hybrid because don't you suspect that we're just weeks away from some sort of hybrid rage story yeah. hitting the news about <laughs> you know what I mean? Because aren't hybrids allowed to use the HOV lane? Oh, I don't they know. are, and they get special tax breaks for them. See, and, and other people, it's just I, no. Look, I'm I not special tax breaks were for the gas guzzlers. <laughs> they were. Is that true? There were special tax breaks if you bought one of those gas guzzling SUVs. Why? Really? Why? Well, because the, the business class <laughs> is in the way. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, wow. But I mean, yeah, if you're if you're if you're in a hybrid, you get to drive in those carpool lanes. And uh, again, I'm not saying to do this. I really am not. Violence is wrong. I'm simply making an observation as a pundit. It, don't do this. But I'm saying I really do believe we are just weeks away if we get into the hot dog days of summer. Somebody in a hybrid, there's gonna be there's gonna be a beating. There's somebody in a regular car is gonna be stuck in one of those carpool lanes by like by Jansen Beach, sitting there on the hottest day of the year, windows rolled down, hating their lives, halfway into a you know like a six pack with a gun, and there's gonna be a Prius like <laughs> like right by them in the carpool lane, and there's gonna be a shooting. That's all I'm saying. I'm predicting that. So okay, I would I'd rather have a car that doesn't advertise that it's a hybrid. So all right, thank you, sir. Ain't no problem. Bye now. All right. You know, and most of these hybrids are, well, there are only a couple that crack the 40-mile-an-hour, 40-mile-per-gallon uh, thing. Now, but what is and, the... And I remember back in the 80s, there were tons of cars out there that got over 40 miles an hour. Now you're lucky to find one anywhere. Wait, so is that so? Is that true that the... I wonder what the average American passenger car gets right now. The average new American passenger car gets in terms of gas mileage. So according to this, the Prius gets 46 miles to a gallon... Oh, that's 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 city 42. driving. Yeah, it doesn't really. Say I ask like I know the difference. It's combined. Okay. Then the Toyota Camry Hybrid, 33 miles to a gallon. The Ford Escape Hybrid, 32. I think the Ford Escape is an SUV. So the rest of these are in the 20 or 30 something mile, which isn't very much considering the amount of gas mileage that cars used to get. Well, then what? Then what does the average American passenger car get then? I mean, I not say, in terms of a hybrid. I would say 20s. Is that true? Yeah, I would say so. Because I'm with you, and I don't think we're delusional here. I seem to remember a time not too long ago in America when the average new passenger car got like 38 miles a gallon. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there's something weird happening. Our car well, it just... was just the opposite. People wanted the big stuff back again, and, and you know, somebody got paid off. Well, 
Let me just say, can I say this, that I really am glad uh, that I am, I mean, I love, I love, uh, it, you know, the, my, well, especially the, uh, you know, the car that I've got, the truck. The truck is good. It's good at what it does. The truck is good for its purpose. Uh, it was there basically for camping and hauling stuff into, like, the woods and whatever. But uh, I love my car, but I am really glad that I'm not a car guy uh, because, uh, because I think I would, I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm glad that I don't feel compelled to do stuff like to do always I need a bigger car that's heavier with more stuff on it because that's did you uh never mind never mind I'm going to stop because we're way we're way behind I'm just saying I know that Americans go through this phase of no 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 it needs to be longer with bigger fins I'm just so glad that I don't do that kind of thing all right so um, here we go one year ago, you could have driven your new 310 business use SUV through a little-known tax loophole and written off the entire purchase price for the first year. But since then, Congress has tightened that controversial loophole for high-end luxury SUVs. Bastards. Yeah, whose fault that is, Tim. Fat cats in Washington. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back after this. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, James Roop, Peter Carlin. And uh, more from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Stay there. Emerson Radio Program. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, James Rue, Peter Carlin. More from the walking horror that is Richie Bristol. I don't even know where to start with some of this. Did you see... I'm we're only on page five, and there are eight pages. And this, the spelling, of course, gets worse and worse and worse the farther along into this transcript you get. Here's how Richie spells obstacle, of course. Bless you. I, I think Thank the you. spell check requires an extra hand free. <laughs> <laughs> um, he spells obstacle course, and we'll get to exactly why. If you're asking why the phrase <laughs> obstacle course is in a cyber sex chat, we'll explain that later. Why would anything be an obstacle to Richie? He'll, <laughs> he spells obstacle course O-B-S-T-I-D. C K L E C O R S E. So anyway, he did spell barricade correctly, I think. Is he talking about his brother coming home? Yes, uh, yes he does. Exactly what it is. Yes, when he's not busy saying, "I'm all covered in lotion." <laughs> wow. Oh. Is that the sign he hung on his door? Yeah. Wow. My roommate George is here. She's a woman. <laughs> Here's Tim Did you scoot to the next page? No. Cheater. No, I didn't. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I flipped through. Just looking at random lines. Here's Tim Riley. Well, now you're only going to be able to find the Tribune printed once per week. Uh, since its launch in 2001, it has announced it would publish a print newspaper, but just once a week now, cutting both its staff and increasing its Internet presence. So beginning this week, the Tribune, which is distributed free, will stop publishing on Tuesdays and Fridays. And print on Thursdays. Is that well? There was a Tuesday edition and there was a Friday edition. I think Friday. now they're only they'll print it on Thursday and it'll be out on Friday. 
So I think it'll be a Friday paper only for now. I was talking to Chris Neathan on Saturday, and Does he Chris uh, Neathan work there. He uh, well, he blogs. He does, he writes for their online site, uh, and then he's been in the newspaper occasionally. Yeah, he was actually on the. He had a front page story last week or two oh. weeks ago. Um, so he had a really really nice piece there. Uh, and then of course they did that great article on us. But they are going to be yes. uh, they are going to be cutting back, and yeah, it's going to be a Friday paper only as of now. Well, that does make sense. I mean, newsprint is is more expensive and is expensive to do, and people rather read things online anyway. Yeah, that's, that's true, Tim. People in the busy lifestyle of the year, uh, what year is it? Whatever it is, a commercial truck driver has been given a ticket after losing his load of Subway bread. Forty-year-old Jose Gonzalez was a driver of a Freightliner pulling a 48-foot trailer near Centennial Boulevard. This happened in Eugene. The truck drifted onto the northbound shoulder of I-5 and hit the bridge support post. The impact tore the right side of the trailer away, causing the whole load to spill onto the highway. Gonzalez injured his arm. He was cited for failing to maintain a single lane of travel. The northbound lanes were blocked and one lane was reopened. So all kinds of weird things happen on the I-5. I'd stay away from here if I were you. Some weird stories. Marcy Milfs. Her last name is Milf? M-I-L-F-S. Okay. Milfs. More than one Milf. Yeah. Marcy Milfs. Went to Urban Outfitters to find clothes for her teenage son in uh, Linwood, wherever that might be. I would imagine Washington. Linwood is near Seattle, is it not? I believe so. She was surprised to find sexually charged books that she believes have no place in the clothing store for teens and young adults. At one end of the spectrum was Porn for Women, a photo book showing men doing housework. On the other was Pornogami, a guide to the ancient art of paper folding for adults, a guide for making... Uh, anatomically correct artwork. What I saw, I was shocked, said Miss Milfs. The books are displayed on tables in the Alderwood Mall store with other socially and uh, politically irrelevant books such as Stephen Colbert's I Am America, So Can You. Milfs was so appalled that she is preparing to file a complaint with the city of Linwood and has already aired her frustration to State Senator Norma Smith, a Republican <laughs> of Clinton. By, by the way. An organization such as Morality and Media Concerned Women for America we and should, the American Family Association. We should note that, A, doesn't it seem sometimes like these people get on the news just so we can make fun of their last names? Yeah. I mean, really, like if your name is, what's her name, Marcy Milfs? Milfs. Doesn't Marcy Milf sound like it would be some sort of a, like a... Marcy Milf sounds like it would be some sort of edgy clothing store for the over 40 set. You know what I mean? Where did you get that great top? Oh, I got it at Marcy Milf's. And Marcy Milf's would be right next to that hot pregnancy store. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same mall 205, Tim. Marcy Milf's would be right next to that store at Lloyd Center where it says pregnancy is hot in, like, rhinestones. Um, by the way, we How should... How about the dude's guide to... You should have oh, brought that book in. Richie... That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Richie Bristol, can you do me a favor? Can you A... Can you go to the kitchen for a second and bring us the dude's guide to pregnancy, which is sitting on the coffee table or the table in the no. kitchen? It's like a giveaway book. And would you bring me some coffee creamer too? Thank you, Tim, because I wanted to ask him to bring me creamer, but I didn't have another reason. No. Oh. So this now I have now I have a reason. So would you bring me some coffee creamer and the dude's book? Right. Incidentally, when you look at the story about a woman who I swear to Christ her name is Marcy Milfs, and don't you want to know if she's hot? Yes, I do. I bet she's. My speculation would be that she's not. Hey, Richie, can you do me a huge favor and grab me some coffee creamer? Sure. Thank you. Um. I would, this is just my speculation as an, uh, an editorialist, as a pundit, Marcy Milfs is probably not. Uh, also, do you see the, the story was written by a guy named Peznecker? No, <laughs> Scott Peznecker. Um, P-E, how would you pronounce this? P-E-S-Z-N-E-C-K-E-R. Peznecker. 
Yep, Tesnecker. Tesnecker. And Felina Spleens. He's a writer for the Herald. Tesnecker. <laughs> Thank you, Richie Bristol. You're a good person. All right. Yeah, this is a giveaway book that was sitting on the kitchen coffee table. Uh, and we all know giveaway books. Uh, when I say giveaway books, these are books. One of the things that people won't even steal. <laughs> it's they'll, still it's been, they'll steal plastic utensils before they steal that. It's been sitting there all day. No one wants it. No. Um, if you work at a radio station, one of the things that, that you get in the, the, the publishers, you get on these mailing lists where publishers will just send you copies of books that they think you'll be interested in. And here's the thing. 99 times out of 100, it's a book you could not possibly care less about. And, and we all kind of get these occasionally, but when you get a package from a publishing company, don't you always secretly hope this time it'll be a book I want to read? Mm -hmm. This time it'll be a book I can't wait to tear into. Here's a little... One that uh, might be worth $10 at Powell's. Exactly. That's the only the only people who care about those books are the people at the resale center at Powell's, Tim. Tim, um, uh, the... Um, but every time you here's one of life's sad truths. Those books are never good. No. Every can I just tell you the last four books that I have received unsolicited from a publisher's clearinghouse, publisher's clearinghouse from a publisher have been like historical romance books. Like one of them set during the, I, I don't know, one of them set during like the Boer War or something. Uh, anyway, so sitting on the kitchen table here at CBS was this book. So uninteresting that no one even wanted to steal it. And this, by the way, is a book that this falls into that category of this falls into the same loathsome category as that book Alterna Dad, which we saw a while back, which is like how to be a cool rock and roll dad. And by the way, wasn't that Alterna Dad book? Didn't we find out that was written by one of the guys from Pennywise? We no, I don't think it was Pennywise. It, it was, was a different band. Then it was. Then the guy from Pennywise wrote a, wrote another one. There was a book called Punk Rock Dad, I think, oh, that he wrote. God. And it was like the dude from Pennywise, like I'm a punk rock dad. And on the front, it's like, you know, him with a face full of metal and like, but holding a kid. Um, anyway, so this is. Here's the thing, being a parent is like being a Christian in this way. If you're gonna do it, fine, but just. Stop trying to make it cooler or edgier or hipper than it really is. There's, All it is is a trap. There's, there's, I mean, that's it. It's an 18-year trap, minimum. <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? But, I mean, if one decides to become a parent, do the rest of us a favor, would you please? If you've got to become a parent and take that job, which it is, it's a job. It's a job for which you are not paid. In fact, it's a job you are paying to have. You are paying to have this job. And I say this with all seriousness. If you decide to be a parent, do the rest of your countrymen and humanity a favor and take it seriously, would you please? Your self-esteem is about to be destroyed. I, mean, Dude, I was down at the waterfront yesterday and saw some guy pushing around a little tiny baby in the blinding 70-degree sunlight. No hat, no <sighs> nothing. Just this, like, wheeling around, like, smoking a cigarette, look, like, gawking at people with this, like, tiny child. In it's not throat. a pet. It's not a pet. It's not a thing for you to dress up. It's not a tax deduction. It's not a thing, uh, uh, you know, that's just like a dodge so you don't have to go to work anymore. It is a baby. Take care of it, for the love of Christ. Anyway, so that's why those Alternadad books bug me so much, because it's a whole lot of, like, how to not really act like a parent. Act like a parent! I, all of us are Your life, if you knew you. it, is over. Let it go. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> that's my thing. Accept it. Accept your horrible fate. So in the kitchen... We have this book. So horrifying. You can look online, by the way. You can Google this if you want to see the cover. It is called, this is by Bill Lloyd and Scott Finch. Took two people to write that. <laughs> I don't even know where, how, how to deal with this. And the book is called 
The Dude's Guide to Pregnancy. Oh. Right there. Hi, now, man. Oh, no, and then I just saw that. Describe. Here's the image on the front, by the way. You know those wacky hats? Hard uh, hat. Those hard hats that have beer containers on the side and then like a little thing that goes down your mouth so you can like drink two cans of Miller High Life while you're at the game or whatever. Um, it's it's the hat that you drink beer out of, but then on either side, a baby bottle filled with milk. Oh, Sweet Lord Because Almighty. let's think about the implication of that. It is one of those beer hats with the tube, but it's each side is a baby bottle filled with milk. So this the he's drinking his, his partner's breast milk. Yeah, so the theory is that the dude who buys this book wants to wear a hat so he can suckle his partner's breast milk from bottles. I don't even, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm opening this book, and I'm giving this book more attention than, than, anybody it, else has. than it deserves. Um some of the letters in there are quite humorous. Here's the thing, and I'm talking, and I'm making the book sound much more interesting than it really is. But I'm looking through this book, The Dude's Guide to Pregnancy, and I'm trying to find some sort of sample passages to read on the air. But I, the thing is, I can't read any of them in the air because they're all like really like self-consciously profane. Like they're all filled with uh, the horrid sexual euphemisms. And just like really graphic, uh, awful descriptions of various parts of your wife's body and what they might look like during or after the delivery of the baby. Oh. And I mean, to the point that, oh God. And then and then there's like there's a whole section. Remember in Superbad, there's that whole thing where Seth is uh, showing all the pictures of penises that he's drawn over the years, and they're all like like drawn really badly. There's a whole chapter here about sexual positions that one might be able to use with one's wife during various stages of pregnancy, except they're comically drawn. They're, like, both really badly drawn and really explicit, because dudes like that. <laughs> That's funny. Here's what the back of this book says, by the way, and Becca uh, from uh, KUFO and I were bonding about this. It says on the back of this book, um, The Dude's Guide to Pregnancy. By the way, here's the tagline for this book. Your boys can swim. Now learn how not to drown. Right below this, it says... I mean, no, 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 I'm going to read Are this. you purposely trying to hurt Tim and I? It says... It says, um... Okay, you did it. Congratulations. You've just become the gazillionth man on Earth to hit the jackpot in the game of life. It's time to get this book. Because if you're like most guys, you're about to enter the great unknown, and it won't be pretty. And then blah, da, da, blah, da, da, blah. We'll give it to you in a funny, straight, guy-talk kind of way. This is the sentence, by the way, that, that explains all of our contempt for this book, The Dude's Guide to Pregnancy. It says, so grab a beer. That's your first step towards becoming a, you know, a responsible parent, by the way. Grab a beer whenever you're having to do anything relating to your child. And a bag of Cheetos. And smother it in melted cheese. And lower your expectations for the rest of your life. So grab a beer and buy this book. Even if you're one of those dudes who don't read books. Let me just... We leave the toilet seat up. Here's... here's. Let me just address <laughs> now. Nine, ten. Let me say this. For all of us, I speak now for Sarah, for Tim, for Becca, for every smart uh, <laughs> person that we know. Let me speak now for about 98% of the audience. Let me speak now for almost all of us, both doing the show and for people listening. Even if you're one of those dudes who don't read books, if you're one of those dudes who don't read books, don't have any children, for the love of Christ. If you're one of those dudes who don't read books, put on a rubber and keep it on forever, forever and ever and ever. If you're one of those dudes who don't read books, I will buy you your rubbers. I'll buy, I will go, I'll go on record now. I will pay for your contraception for the rest of your life. 
Jesus. The love of holy God. Can I just... No, I'll see it after no, no, the show. here you go. Have at it. Wait, let me... Um... Let me, I want to see the crude drawing. No, no, no. Let me let me have let me uh, let me turn you to the big to the big section here about uh, about what her vagina will look like later. <gasps> here you go. No, it's it's great because <laughs> it's how guys talk, Sarah. Okay. Even if you're one of those dudes who don't read if books, you love vaginas, and who doesn't? Yeah. Are you serious? No, because it's for guys, Sarah. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Wow, somebody dressed up like a giant pancake <laughs> for the EG Marathon. Look. <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Where is that at? Uh, Eugene, it's a Krusty's pancake. Uh, there's not a whole it's called Flapjack. <laughs> That's wonderful. Flapjack. I don't know if it's a, a man or a woman dressed up as a pancake. Oh. Well, I don't think pancakes. But it ran into Eugene. <laughs> I don't think pancakes have any gender. Yeah, that's pretty true, I guess. Oh, all right. Well, let's think about uh, gas prices, shall we? Because it's near and dear to everyone's hearts. They're creeping closer to $4 a gallon. New York Senator Charles Schumer says... Schumer. He knows what will bring the gas prices down. He says we should block the multi-million dollar arms sale between the Bushies and the Saudis. Saudi Arabia says they're our friends. But they're our friends only when they need us. Not when we need them. Let them know they need us. So we are saying to Saudi Arabia once and for all, you can't get our most technologically advanced weapons if you're going to continue to pick the pockets of every American. Oh, sure you can. When, for years. when is somebody just going to step up and deal with that country the way it needs to be done? Oh. I mean, really, there's, I mean, we can't just tolerate Saudi Arabia forever. I mean, somebody no. clearly is going to have to... Uh, they're going to have to take the appropriate steps at some point. I mean, it's a it's a big piece of land with very few people. It'd make a beautiful Palm Springs. <laughs> really, would it make a beautiful almost anything else? Mm -hmm. Smoking crater, perhaps. Mm -hmm. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so Hillary is campaigning hard ahead of the anticipated. Hold on, time. I have to interrupt. What are you doing, Sarah? I'm getting Dennis's headphones. Oh, I see. Okay, you're just standing in a chair, reaching <laughs> the furthest reaches of the cupboard. Ah. All right. So uh, Hillary showing no signs of fatigue despite a rigorous and drawn-out campaign. I think this is so much fun campaigning across our country and especially these last couple of weeks in North Carolina and Indiana. People have been wonderful. The spring is here. Everything is blooming. I mean, how could you not have a good time? Did I ever tell you that my dad used to take me to Indiana all the time growing up? Yes. Especially with his hunting rifle. <laughs> exactly. After he got out of the coal mine. <laughs> even though as tired as he was. <laughs> Before we'd sit around and play the banjo together. Uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, let's see here. Bill Clinton can still blow an audience away, or at least knock them out. A young girl and an elderly man fainted during one of the former president's campaign stops in North Carolina. Uh, Clinton, working hard for his wife, uh, joked he didn't think at his age he would still have that kind of effect on people. Got an EMT coming in. We need some water here. Somebody faints in nearly every one of these things now. At my age, I didn't think I could make anybody faint anymore. Uh-huh. Uh... Obama is also with the news. When asked uh, where and when he finds time to sleep, Obama said he will sleep anywhere. You know, uh, one thing that you learn on a presidential campaign to sleep anywhere. Uh, I can sleep on cars, planes, trains, uh, standing up. I, I can close my eyes and I'm out like a, like a light. Uh, the city's sanitation department in New York said there's been a huge spike in the number of tickets handed out to pet owners who failed to curb their pets. The Daily News reports 775 tickets have been given out since last July to dog owners who leave their poop behind. 
That's more than double the amount of tickets for the same period last year. I think that all dog owners have the responsibility to clean up after their dogs so that nobody has to deal with the mess. If you want to own a dog, then you should take care of your dog. You should take care of your city to keep a nice, clean city. Exactly. There are 15 officers dealing with dog poop patrol in New York City. Boy, and can I tell you this? I hate to, I don't mean to be crude about this. I'll just say that it, from a cursory walk through my neighborhood, does it always seem to you that the people who don't clean up after their dogs are, how shall I put this, the ones who have really big dogs? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, like, yeah. you never see just the tiny little uh, whatever that's Lots left behind. Yeah, exactly. It's always because somebody has been walking through some sort of weird mutant Great Dane. You know, what's this? Well, my St. Bernard had to go somewhere. I mean, seriously, for the love of God, just take a bag with you. Christ. Uh, did you read that? Did you read that section of the book I was telling that you about? That is the most crass, like, unintelligent. It's the worst thing I've ever it is, read. It is so awful. So, it's if Larry the Cable Guy wrote a book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so again, I really beseech everybody. If at any point you find yourself reaching for a copy of The Dude's Guide to Pregnancy, I would instead like for you to we go to a shed, its name. castrate yourself with a filleting knife. Just go and get rid of your genitals. Just cut them off. Get rid of them all together. Don't even bother to cauterize afterward. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the most poorly written books I've ever seen in my life. It really shames me as a human being to know that this that book like, exists. I, I can't believe that some, whatever this publisher is, like, I will never purchase anything from this publisher. <laughs> Dear advertising. Oh, my God, it's published by something called Wellness Central. Yeah. No, that book that book reeks of wellness. Hmm. All right. Uh, we've got this. Rick, I don't know when this happened, but here's a clip of Hillary at a press conference laughing off a tough question about ethics. And by laughing off, I mean making a hideous cackling noise that makes you want to rip off your own skin. Let's find out. So this is apparently Hillary Clinton making an awful noise. Uh, speaking of the trade deal, uh, your husband received $800,000 for four speaking engagements ostensibly in support of the trade deal or by a group that supports the trade deal. Um, you've given your own money to your campaign. Is that a conflict of interest? <laughs> oh, wait, we have to go back. That's fantastic. The trade deal or by a group that supports the trade deal. Um, you've given your own money to your campaign. Is that a conflict of interest? <laughs> I mean, and how many angels dance? Wait, one more time. Trade deal or buy a group that supports the trade deal. Um, you've given your own money to your campaign. Is that a conflict of interest? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Thank you. I, yes, that's uh, wonderful. Uh, here on KCMD Portland, here's Tim Riley. Save from the jaws of death. Parents and authorities are on guard after a two-year-old girl was saved from a coyote's grasp by a babysitter at a park in Chino. The San Bernardino County Sheriff's spokesman Arden Wilshire said the babysitter had taken the toddler to a park when the sitter heard a blood-curdling scream. He saw a coyote had bitten the toddler and was attempting to carry her away in its mouth. Uh. It looked like the toddler was bitten uh, on the buttocks. The babysitter grabbed the child and pulled it away from the coyote's grasp. That's a story you almost don't want to be told when you're older. Mm -hmm. Hey, did we ever tell about that time a coyote bit you and tried to drag you up to its lair to be fed to its young? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sees the whole thing unfold. Just as we were getting out of the car, the coyote came down, grabbed the baby by the butt, and the nanny reached at the same time screaming and was able to pull the baby away from the coyote, and then the coyote's injured and limping. Boy, between this and the sharks, I think that nature is finally rising against us. Mm-hmm. It is time now for Geek Watch. Here's your Geek Watch uh, for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. 
Ugh, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Queen Circuit Lemma, remember you used to... Just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now, just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Energize. Part one. The tales of the new Star Trek flick continue to be closely guarded. The film, directed by Lost creator J.J. Abrams, is expected to arrive in theaters in May 2009. Even Star Trek alumnus and original Captain Kirk actor William Shatner says he has no idea what's going on. I talked to J.J. Abrams uh, shortly before he was uh, going to film, or maybe not shortly, sometime before, and uh, that was it. Uh, so I, I absolutely know nothing. Uh, they've kept a closed set. There's been no gossip about it. He says his former co-star Leonard Neboy is in this new film. He asked permission, and I gave him my, my permission. <laughs> he asked permission. He's a dear friend of mine, and uh, uh, yes, he's in it, and I don't know. He won't tell me what he's done. He's apparently sworn to secrecy. I bet he's going to be Mr. Spock. <sighs> I, uh... I was just reading something the other day. I don't know. I just... I don't even... I, I don't have that much invested in the new... Maybe it's like the legacy of George Lucas, that at this point I just have no emotional investment in most of these sort of restarting of a franchise or sequels or, or prequels or whatever. I just I just sort of go in expecting them to be crap, uh, you know, and it just feels like it's too soon for there to be another Star Trek film. I mean, they, Court and I were talking about this. It really seems like they need to take, like, ten years off. Uh, before they do, before they do anything like this, they just need to give it a give it a good long rest uh, before they uh, before they move forward. Also, I had some William Shatner thing. Wait, why why is William Shatner triggering some sort of like I wanted to say something about William Shatner, but I can't. Oh, it's my, I, it's this that that on Saturday when we were at uh, Aaron had this sort of gathering at the Geek in the City Studios. I did manage to recuse myself from this conversation before it got ugly, but at one point there was this violent disagreement that erupted between Jason Crump and Fatboy on one side and Scott Daly and myself uh, on the other about that William Shatner cover of Common People by Pulp, which Jason and Fatboy somehow weirdly clung to as like the definitive version of the song. And it's like as soon as I as soon as I heard them say, no, 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 here's just a little guide to life. As soon as you hear somebody say, I think that the definitive version was done by William Shatner when, like, you just can just, you can hit eject, and you don't even really need to listen to the rest of that conversation. Like, as soon as I heard them go, no, 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 the Shatner version is really definitive because I was like, all right. You use the word definitive? Ripcord. Yeah, no, I, can yeah, I, Did you have to mentally shut yourself off from, I just, from a I, I, went, I went somewhere else in the room and in my, and in my head. <laughs> I just retreated to a happy place inside. And I came out a little later and there was Scott Daly and Fatboy going, come on, come on, come on. Shatner. And that I just, was on our side, right? He was. I just couldn't. It's just one of those things. It's like when Jason Crump tries to pick fights with me about the movie Falling Down, and I just have to. Uh, I have to go inside to a calmer, uh, a calmer section of myself. That's just like one of my best friends is like a, a raging Republican. Yeah. Like, I love George W. Bush. It's one of those things like I love you, so we don't talk about this. It, you know. It's sort of like how my dentist, uh, the dentist, told Lara that she didn't need Novocaine, that pain was all in your mind, and you should just find your center instead. Here's Tim Riley, part two. The critically acclaimed video game Grand Theft Auto, we'll call it GTA 4, is on course to beat the record for the highest first week sales of any video game in the UK. The title sold a record 690,000 copies in its first day of release. Uh, the previous record holder was GTA San Andreas, which sold 501,000 copies in 24 hours in 2004. Despite the success of the game, it's been hit hard with reports of software problems and crashes. The uh, cutscene at the office keeps freezing up, darn it. I get audio, but the video just freezes, writes one gamer. 
The problem was originally thought to be confined to games running on the 60-gigabyte version of the PlayStation 3 sold in the U.S. However, other models running the same game seem to be effective. I will say, uh, to their credit, Rockstar Games seems to be uh, doing really well about fixing, you know, if you, if you have issues with the game or if the game is freezing up, they're really, really good about offering tech support because they're clearly pretty embarrassed by the glitch. And I think it's happening to a, a, just a tiny minority of players. But I know Richie bought Grand Theft Auto 4 over the weekend, and uh, I think Seamus has it too. And I mean, it's on like you had time to play. Oh, man, I, he's busy playing with something else. Um, the, I have to tell you, just watching, I'm not much of a Grand Theft Auto fan. I just, that, that style of game, same reason I wasn't into the Godfather game, and I wasn't really into the Warriors game. It's just, that style of game is not really what I, it's not what I choose to play. I'm kind of a more of a first-person shooter guy. But just watching, watching on YouTube over the weekend, just some of the, Guys who had been playing Grand Theft Auto 4, and then they had been posting a bunch of the clips of it. To the, I mean, it just looks like the most amazing game. Uh, technically speaking, it just it looks nearly flawless. So, uh, in any event, so there you go. There's your uh, double geek watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. By Grand Theft Hammer, by the Sons of Warband, I shall avenge you. Next. Loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Hey, by the way, we were just talking about the dude's guide to pregnancy, which was sitting on the kitchen table because no one wants it because it's badly written. Uh, somebody just sent me what purports to be the TV ad or apparently an ad of some kind for the book. So, uh, Sarah, I'm going to send this to you. Okay, and I'll listen. Because given the contents of the book, I, I have no idea whether it's clean or not. So I'm going to forward this to you. Uh, and I'll let you sort of watch this in queue and determine whether or not this is a thing we can play on the air. All right, Sarah. This is, like, I'll just open to it, and I'll read one of the most vile sentences I've ever read, just on a random page. Yeah. Everyone. Oh, that's how men are, Sarah. All right, there you go. Uh, here's Tim Riley. So you saw this. Uh... What? Oh, hello. <laughs> well, recently seen in the Iron Man movie, Santa Monica Pierce, famous Ferris wheel, is getting a new home. Standing nine stories tall, the colorful wheel has been purchased on eBay for $132,000 by an Oklahoma man. Wait, the Coney Island wheel? No, the Santa Monica one. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, for $132,000, apparently he's got to move it to Oklahoma. <laughs> Where everything looks to have something to look forward to besides dust. <laughs> what? what are you going to do with that in Oklahoma? What is the... All right. Uh, well, whatever. All right. Mm-hmm. He's got to make the centerpiece of a mixed-use commercial residential project in Oklahoma City. Uh-huh. So the Santa Monica Pier is going to get a brand-new $1.5 million Ferris wheel that uses less electricity and will feature computer-generated lighting. Well, okay. Good for them. Oh, I think I had, uh, I had a piece of sound here for this. Uh, one moment, please. Here All we right. go. You've got 20 arms and a lot of steel, about 122,000 pounds of steel, and we'll throw it on four flatbed trucks. And, you know, the interesting thing, Route 66 terminates at the Santa Monica Pier, and that's a real rich part of the history of Oklahoma. So we're just going to roll it right back up Route 66 to Oklahoma City. Santa Monica is part of Oklahoma history? Apparently. Well, this is going to be like how the London Bridge is in Arizona or Phoenix or something. Whatever it is. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so, uh, the cops in Clackamas County clocked a Portland man going 138 miles an hour. Well done. On I-205. He's desperately trying to get out of Clackamas. It happened around 3.30 in the morning. Nobody should be on the road that time in the morning anyway. All these crazy people are out there. Uh, an officer saw the suspect's 2005 Subaru Impreza speeding southbound on I-205 near Southeast Audi Road. Using his radar gun, he found out it was going 138 miles an hour for a Subaru. Uh, next event on uh, Southeast Sunnyside Road, the driver failed to negotiate the turn and crashed 
into the center medium. <laughs> I love it when they say failed to negotiate the turn. Mm-hmm. It, it crashed. Like it's some sort of logistical glitch on their part. Mm-hmm. All three occupants of the vehicle ran away. Uh, they caught the guy who was driving. He's booked in the Clackamas County Jail on multiple charges, including DUI, eluding a police officer, and hit and run. Uh, by the way, Sarah, I sent you that. Uh, is it a TV commercial for the Dude's Guide to Pregnancy? Yes. What? What is it? Is, do we so even, dumb. Do no, we it's even kind of, I, we can't even muster like hilarity out of it. Really? There's no way to ring a single There's laugh. no way, because usually we can like do something with right. like, even with the leak girl song or right. whatever. This, there's nothing. There's just nothing. It's Absolutely bad. nothing. All right. Well. But thank you for sending it, sir, whoever, whoever sent okay, it. Okay, we're going to make a concerted effort just to flush the whole thing out of our head uh, now. Okay, here's Tim Riley. A giant worm has been found in the Cascades. Part of an earthworm near the Cascade Mountain town of Leavenworth have challenged scientists' contentions that a unique three-foot-long native species lives in this region of Washington and Idaho. University of Idaho Associate Professor and Soil Scientist said the remains of earthworms found near Leavenworth and Moscow, Idaho, are likely that of a giant Palouse earthworm. The recent discoveries are only the seventh time that one of these elusive worms has been found since the 1970s. All two have been found in the Palouse region, about uh, 2 million acres of rolling wheat fields, near the Idaho-Washington border, about 80 miles south of Spokane. This sounds like it's going to be a big tourist attraction for those folks. <laughs> come, come and see our giant worm. Um, they, well, they come have see the, our giant worm. They, they have those worms that are, that are like 3, 4 feet long, but I didn't think that was in America. I thought that was in, like, Argentina or someplace. Uh, that, what's his name? David Attenborough, I was talking about. And underneath the ground, you see... Their lair, mm-hmm. and then it's you know, and then they'll and then they have some worm cam uh, that shows like this worm that's like forty five inches long or something. So, paging Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre. So uh, why not go to Spokane and see the giant worm? <laughs> well, like what else are you gonna go? All the more reason to go. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just go to Spokane and see the failure. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, uh, by the way, did I did I say this on the air? Did I talk about how? Um, so we had that woman who sent us. Uh, a letter wanting us to find her a date for the listener party. Oh, which talk about that. we haven't really pursued. But then, uh, then somebody sent this to me this weekend. This is um, a Craigslist. It's like a personals ad. Subject line: Rick Emerson listener party. And then this guy says, "Would there happen to be any single women out there attending the Rick Emerson listener party? I'm a big fan and have yet to meet any women who share my love of the Rick Emerson brand. I'm going. How about you? Shall we go together? That would be awesome. Write me and I will send you my MySpace link." And it says, or just send me your photo and let's go from there. So perhaps a member of uh, Richie's harem might be available <laughs> via satellite. This is this is my date via broadband. All right. Here's Tim Riley. A fishing boat is stranded on the Columbia River. It got stuck after striking some pilings on the Columbia. It's a 42-foot fishing vessel. It got stuck on the wing dam of the Columbia River. And the boat's captain wasn't able to refloat it. No injuries or pollution are reported, but Coast Guard officials say it is a hazard and needs to be dealt with soon due to the crash's close proximity to the Blue Heron nesting area. Yes, due to the potential consequences, including the threat of pollution, uh, the vessel has to be towed away. A Coast Guard team is on the scene along with the responders from Northwest Underwater Construction. So apparently uh, that the birds are in trouble. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. About the earthworm, uh, as, as we all know, the uh, the length of the worm doesn't matter. It's the diameter. Any word on that? Well, it's being studied as we speak. Thank you, sir. Those are the initial findings. That's how you use the worm. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, the ABC program, Dancing with the Stars, will continue tonight with contestant Christian De La Fuente on board. The Chilean actor's tenure was in jeopardy due to an arm injury. Former dancing contestant, All My Children star Cameron Matheson says he feels for De La Fuente's pain. 
in one of the rehearsals before my Paso Doble, actually, the, the Superman dance that I did, I pulled something and, and I, tw I tweaked my hip, my hip flexor muscle, and I almost wasn't going to perform at all. It, was, it wasn't as serious as Christiane, but I, I feel for him. Uh, okay. It's somebody from Chile talking about Dancing with the Stars. There's nothing about the story that I find interesting in any way. Well, I think women like it because it's the Latin lover thing. Does anybody here watch Dancing with the Stars? No. No. Okay. But the show just isn't about us. No, I suppose The only that's thing true. I know about that show is that it seems to break up multiple marriages. Is that, is that true? That's all I know about it is that every time like someone gets it on with their Dancing with the Stars partner, and then they end up breaking up with their husband or wife and getting together with them. Humping with the stars. That's all I know. All right. Gee, I wonder if Paul Harvey's going to come back. His wife passed away. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Well, because he just, he, the thing, he just came back two weeks ago, actually. Yeah. Maybe there should be a snuff watch. Does he, for who? Uh, Paul Harvey's wife. For Mrs. Harvey? Yes, Mrs. Harvey. Is it going to be impossible for us to resist making jokes in poor taste? Yes. Not for me. Okay. But here's your snuff watch. I'm preemptively guilty about all of this. I apologize in advance for anything I may say. Angel Harvey, also known to many as the First Lady of Radio, died at her River Forest, Illinois home early Saturday morning after a long battle with leukemia. She was 92. Yeah, she was one of the great broadcasting figures out of the past century, developing and editing Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story. She was also the first producer ever indicted into the uh, Hollywood, uh, uh, the Radio Hall of Fame in 1997. Uh, she was a director, writer, and editor, and apparently uh, she met him long, long ago. At the age of 12, she graduated with both a bachelor's and master's degree in English. At the age of 12, mind you, after graduation, she uh, joined radio station KO. XK and met Paul Harvey. It was Paul Harvey who gave her the nickname Angel. Others said she already had it. The two were married in 1940. Uh, then after World War II, Paul Harvey got out and uh, when he left the service in 1994, the couple moved to Chicago and went to work at WENR. Boss, he's been on the air since 1944. He's been on the air for about 5,000 years. He really has. There's, I don't think, I think it is quite possible that in, in just the time that Paul Harvey has been on the air, there have been people who have been born, have lived their whole lives, and have died, mm -hmm. and have never known a world without Paul Harvey. He is, he, just his broadcasting career has probably been longer than the lives of many people in his audience. I mean, he's just been on forever and ever and ever. He joined ABC Radio in 1951 and is still there. <laughs> of course. Well, and then he was, and the thing about Paul Harvey is he's like some sort of zombie broadcaster. Where I think you, not that you should do this, but you'd have to cut off his head, I think, to keep him down, use fire or something, because he, he was gone with pneumonia, but then just two weeks ago he was back. Yeah. It's like you couldn't keep him away from the studio. He just uh, he was he was like some sort of broadcast bot where he just uh, there there was no way to stop him. So anyway, and that cause of death was cerebral edema. Page two. Wait, I have another one. Okay, I have another bad. Who wants to hear another bad bad taste Paul Harvey joke? Oh, I'd love to hear one. Oh, never mind. One is one is too many. I was going to... He always does that thing about, you know, and Edna Schlarp of Bridgeport loves her Bose radio. I was going to do a variation on that, but about caskets. Let's not do that. Uh, no. There's your snuff watch for you. Uh,
here's Tim Riley. Well, children have welcomed the Harry Potter books in recent years, like free ice cream in the cafeteria. But the largest survey ever done on youthful reading in the U.S. will reveal today that none of the J.K. Rowling phenomenally popular books has been able to dislodge the works of longtime favorites Dr. Seuss, E.B. White, Judy Bloom, S.E. Hutton, and Harper Lee as the most read. Books by the five well-known U.S. authors, uh, plus lesser-known Laura Numeroff, Catherine Patterson, and Gary Polson, drew the most readers at every ga- uh, grade level in a study of 78.5 books read by 3 million children who logged on to the Renaissance leading reading site to take quizzes on books last year. Many books in the Rowling Potter series turned up in the top 20, but other authors also ranked high. Wait, so this is, but this is not adults. This is just what children are reading? Yes. So I guess children, eight, I guess maybe just folks 18 and below. Mm-hmm. So what do they say? What? I always call shenanigans on all of these, though, because it, 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 here, it's funny you have the story, because I actually have, right here, I have sort of a related story. This is from Yahoo. It's from Reuters. What would you say is America's favorite book, according to a poll of Americans? The Bible. Yeah, exactly. It's mm. the, no one reads the Bible. No. I shouldn't say that. That sounds like well, an that, awful... That, that's the first thing that comes to mind. That's what people think they're supposed to say. <laughs> I, I, and I should, I should retract that. I don't mean to sound disrespectful. I'm not saying no one reads the Bible. Clearly, there are people who... How do I put this? I mean... There are people who maybe are familiar with certain passages of the Bible, or you read it when you're at church, mm-hmm. uh, when there's a passage or like a homily or whatever, and you're supposed to really read along with it. There are probably people who, well, there are people who, who have the Bible that they use uh, for evening prayers, perhaps, or my mom would read an inspirational passage every morning as she began the day. But saying that people read the Bible the way that, they, the way that, you, that somebody reads like a Judy Bloom book is just misleading. Just, no one sits and just reads the Bible like for a goof, for fun. And you're totally right that people say... They think they're supposed to say You that. know what this is like when people say, what do you read? Uh, my favorite book is the Bible. A, that's because they feel like they're supposed to do it, and B, you know what that's exactly like? It's exactly like this. When they interview college students about file sharing, and every college student says the same patently false statement, which is, no, 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 since file sharing started, I actually buy more CDs, which is just not true. I mean, this it's not true of anybody. No one buys more CDs now that file sharing uh, has started. I'm not passing any judgment. I'm just saying that's a lie. That's a thing that people, that is what's called gaming the system. That's a thing that young people learned almost immediately they were supposed to say to sort of thwart the uh, the RIAA. Because the RIA was, you know, trying to stop file sharing and they shut down a bunch of, web, you know, file sharing uh, services and they were suing people. And so kids and, you know, young adults learned almost immediately that the answer was to say, uh, no, 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 I download a lot of MP3s, but I just use it to sample music, and then I go to the store and I buy it on CD, which we all know isn't true. That is what the legal system would call a transparent falsehood. But they learned that it's this sort of correct answer to give. That's what it is with the Bible. Um, so we've got this. When it comes to literary pursuits in the United States, most people agree on at least one thing. The most popular book is the Bible. It came in first. First! Raise your hand. Well, I was in this room, but of course nobody in this room. When is the last time anybody here, like, opened a Bible and and, and read it? Hmm. Has it been within the last ten years? It has been for me because it's when my parents have dragged me to church and I'm bored and there's nothing to read. <laughs> so I, I just read Revelations over <laughs> and over again. You just read, <laughs> that's fantastic. You just read the part about the sea turning to uh, to blood. That's the only thing I found interesting about it. I would just read, yeah, Revelations. And the number of the beast was six six six. Uh, Tim? Well, I, I did it only for a split second. It was that night 
that we arrived late in Renton and the pool was closed. And I turned on the TV and it had Renton Community Access Television. So I'm looking around. I don't want to read. Is there anything in here? There's no menu. There's no room service. What's in the store? The Bible. So I read like a half a page of it and, it's, and then put it away. <laughs> I... Okay. And so, so what happens when you arrive in Renton at 10.01, when everything in Renton closes at 10? There was nothing That's in Renton. That's how you're rewarded. There was a long trip to Renton. At the Everything's Silver closed. Cloud Inn. Um, Silver Cloud Inn, which is also the preeminent hotel in Kennewick, by the way. Uh, yeah, so I remember arriving in Renton, and I mean, not that there's a whole lot to do in Renton anyway, but even if there had been something to do in Renton, you and I couldn't have possibly found it because we were like on the outskirts. I remember actually leaving the hotel and walking about half a mile. You must have already been asleep. Uh, I left my room and I, I um, and I just walked about half a mile in one direction on what seemed to be the main the main road, uh, outside the Silver Cloud Inn in Renton, thinking, well, I'm on the main road. If I just walk this direction, eventually I'll come across something interesting. No. You know what I came across? I came across the same thing that's next to every hotel in a town like that, a Sherry's. That's it. So I went to the Sherry's, and I think I had a piece of pie, and I went back and just cried myself to sleep. Because there's just nothing to do. So that's the thing with the Bible. You read it when there's, no disrespect, nothing else to do. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. You're in the dental office in the waiting room, and it's either that or field and stream. Um, it came in first in a Harris poll of 3,000 adults. Jesus. The Bible is number one among each of the different demographic groups. There's a large difference, though, in the number two favorite book. Mein Kampf? Man- Men chose often the same uh, often the same readers. Men chose J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. I don't think that's correct. No, and I don't think that's true either. I think you know who it is. That's true among people who are likely to take the time to fill out surveys about books. That's who that's true about. Um, let's see. And women selected. Well, okay, what is the most cliched choice when they when they polled women? Let's assume, for the sake of argument, the Bible is the most popular book for men and women. They polled. You know, what is your second most popular book? For men, it was The Lord of the Rings. They don't specify which one. What is the most cliched answer that women could give for their favorite book that's not the Bible? Sarah? It'll seem so obvious when I say it. Divine Secrets of the Aya Sisterhood? No, no, it's not even that hip. It's not even that recent. Gone with the Wind? Yes, exactly. No one reads Gone with the Wind. No Nobody one. reads no Gone with the Wind. That would be really that. long, wouldn't it? No, it what? That would be really long. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not, I mean, I'm, and again, it's just a thing that I think people say... Because you're supposed, it's like how, as we always note, Robin Williams consistently is ranked the funniest man in America, just because we've been told that we have to say that. Um, let's see, the second choice for 18 to 31 year olds was J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series. Uh, 30, this is great, 32 to 43 year olds, and I believe this one, named Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, let's see, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so there you go. Also on the list, another book people only read because they're required to, To Kill a Mockingbird. Fine book. No one reads that for fun. Just like nobody's required reading for me. I like of this course. Thing. I mean, it's a it's no, it's a great book. Don't get me wrong, but it's another. It's a book that no no one ever sits down. You know what? I'm uh, I'm going to the beach this weekend. Maybe I'll bring of mice and men. It is the books that you only read because you were ordered to read them. Here's another. Jesus, it's like a cavalcade of books that no one really likes. Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Uh, and of course, what is the other book that everybody must say is their favorite book? Catcher in the Rye. Exactly, Catcher in the Rye. I'm getting bored. <laughs> so you, well, then that's good. It's that's good prep for reading Catcher in the Rye. Tim, just keep that mindset, and you won't be disappointed. If you're in the mood for something tedious and smug, Catcher in the Rye might be right up your alley. All right. Not that we're opposed to reading. 
We're no. simply, a, I'm simply a poet. You know, it's just like peddling. And here's the other thing. Here's the reason why these surveys sort of offend me. Because they just sort of assume that there's nothing good that's come, with the exception of the Harry Potter thing, they all assume that there's just nothing good that's come out in the last 25 years. Or in the case of most of these books, in the last 70 years. It's like, it's like how we just continually make kids read Shakespeare year in and year out and year goddamn in and out. There is no child on earth that enjoys sitting in class and reading Shakespeare. It's just not enjoyable. I mean, I hate to sound like Johnny Sixpack, but for the love of Christ, could you at least not find something written like, I don't know, within the last hundred years? So, uh, let's do a couple of these calls, then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah. Hello. I think, uh, hello? Hi. Hey. Um, I, I've had a bunch of their dead now, but like grandparents, the, that's what they read was, was the Bible. It was kind of like the... Triple A roadmap, you know, preparing for the final journey. <laughs> it was the Thomas Guide for Your Soul. But yeah, I mean, yeah. they they read it religious, funny, religiously, as as a book. I'm know? sorry, what? I missed the last part of that. Oh no, they 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 read it religiously, you know, just uh, they sit down yes. and read, you know, and that was that was their book. They didn't read anything else because they were afraid they'd be offended or some crap. I well, guess. But. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just one of those it's just one of those things. And here's the thing: the Bible ought to be taken off these lists, just like you get a, a jersey that's retired every now and again. You know what I mean? Sure. Chicago exactly. Bulls retired number twenty-three for the the purposes of all these stories. Let's retire the Bible, shall we? It's had its moment. Well, you know, those, those same people that did all the reading—they were never the ones that talked about it. These are the same people, by the way. Thank you, sir. These are the same people that constantly say that their favorite movie is Citizen Kane. No one's favorite movie is Citizen Kane. It's just not true. Mm -mm. All right. Let's do one more and then we'll break. Well, a Melbourne man has been impaled on a garden stake. Or a snake. What? Stake. A 49-year-old man landed after jumping on a fence, and uh, the stake pierced the man's leg and entered his stomach before breaking off. He was taken to the Alfred Hospital and believed to be undergoing surgery to remove the remaining piece of steak that's stuck in his leg. Excellent. Fantastic. Let's take a break. We come back. More from Tim Riley. Oh, we have to talk to Richie because uh, we got a very full uh, 2 o'clock hour. We have got to I haven't even get looked to the at the of rest it. of this. No, uh, I've only looked at page 5. And Did you see that revelation at the bottom of page 2, I think, or page 1? You know what I'm talking about. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so more from Tim Riley, Richie Bristol later on. Peter Carlin will join us. Also, Jim Roop. And uh, more about Listener Party 11. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Bye. Hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We were just talking about Powell's at uh, Cedar Hills Crossing, brand new sponsor of the Rick Emerson Show. This email says, hey, about that Powell's, I bought Youth in Revolt there a while back. And while I was checking it out, the bookseller looked up, looked at me, and then said, do you listen to the Rick Emerson Show? There you go. Fantastic. She says, ordering online plus free in-store pickup equals pretty awesome if you live on the west side and don't necessarily want to drive downtown. So it is a fantastic location. It really is. Uh, we're talking a lot more about them. Uh, in just a few, we'll bring in uh, Richie Bristol. I've also got these air checks to get to. Next hour, Peter Carlin and James Roop. This, however, is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A 15-year-old Central Florida middle school student has been arrested on charges of high-fiving teachers and students with tacks hidden between his fingers. The student put the tacks in his hand and then performed high-fives on two teachers and six students. He said he was only being playful with the uh, hand slaps. However, he faces felony charges over these incidents. Uh, April Levine is uh, blowing out a handful of uh, tour dates 
She says she's canceling shows in Phoenix and San Diego. And it's uh, acute laryngitis. Uh -huh, it's sure. now forcing her to postpone six more shows. <laughs> sure, sure it is. Apparently she couldn't get that $9. <laughs> the best part was nobody could really hear it, but you did like a little silent chuckle just then after mm -hmm. that line. Yeah, I mean, they, her ticket prices are already just in the toilet. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, and she's playing fairly small venues. So I think I was actually reading that story yesterday about how April Levine is because she first uh, she first canceled uh, the one show and then a second and then a whole flurry of them all at once. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking... At what point that sort of the, the tipping moment comes, the jumping the shark moment? Because there was a time, let's say maybe three, four years ago, if you were Avril Lavigne's, you were able, if you were Avril Lavigne's uh, publicist, I mean, you were in Clover, as they say. That was a good gig to have. And I wonder at what moment you sort of look up and you go, I gotta start looking for another job. You know what I mean? If, it, if when you work for some of these celebrities. Like if you work for Ashley Simpson, let's say, at what point in the career do you sort of look up and you go, I got to get my resume out there to some people. This uh, this gig clearly is a sinking ship. But I, that moment is here with Avril Lavigne. Here's Tim Riley. So apparently she said when she tried to sing, nothing came out. Well, that's insert joke here. <laughs> okay. A baby shower for Jamie Lee Spears was reportedly held over the weekend. It happened in Kentwood, Louisiana. It was attended by about 30 people, including Jamie Lynn's big sister, Brittany. 17-year-old Jamie is expecting a child with her boyfriend, Casey Aldridge, this summer. Her mother, Lynn, recently told Life and Style that she is, quote, a bit disappointed that my younger daughter got pregnant at such an early age. A bit disappointed. She was referring to Jamie Lynn. Uh, Lynn Spears added that the teen, quote, will be a wonderful mother and wishes that she waited a bit. Uh, no one ever said crooks were smart. A Yonkers man is facing felony charges after he tr tried to rob two people in the car, and it turned out they were plainclothes police officers. What more can I say about that one? Let's see, that's done. That's done. A little an Illinois man has ordered a custom beer can coffin. A uh, Bill Bramante will love Pabst Blue Ribbon till the eternity. He's got a custom-made beer can casket to prove it. I actually fit, because I got it here. <laughs> He's a 67-year-old uh, administrator and doesn't plan on eating anytime soon. He threw a party over the weekend for friends and filled his silver coffin designed in Pap's colors of red, white, and blue with ice and his favorite brew. Why put such a lovely novelty piece on the shelf in storage where you can use it every day? He ordered it from a funeral home at Chicago Heights. Uh, Scott Sign Company of Chicago Heights designed the beer can themselves. So there he is, drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon and standing over his Pabst Blue Ribbon coffin. That's the heartland, Tim. That is. Residents are upset that Trenton police did not find a body floating in a canal for nearly 24 hours. They received a call of a body floating in the Delaware Canal over the weekend, but police said the call was not specific enough to where the body was. After a second call, searchers found the body floating in the water. A neighbor said a dog and turtles were gnawing on it. No. <laughs> I don't want to end my life being gnawed on by turtles. That seems like well, the worst of, all, worst of all possible outcomes. Uh, let's see here. Somebody says, um, heard you talk about Powell's. Great news. Yeah, the uh, Powell's at Theaterhurst Crossing, a brand new sponsor of the show and listener party. Also about the Bible. Uh, what are you reading right now? Well, that's actually a good question. Um, that is. What is, uh, what is everybody on the Rick Emerson Show reading as of now? I can't remember the name of it. Give me just a second. I, uh, I, I haven't been reading for the past couple of weeks. So. I am uh, I'm double teaming. Well, then I'm reading for two, Sarah. I am uh, I'm simultaneously reading this Raised on Radio book that Tim gave me, which is great 
Yes. But which is just like so packed with information that it wears me out after a while. Uh, I read about three chapters and then I kind of go, Ugh, I need to put it down. It's like uh, it's like eating a really well-made but heavy meal. So I read about three chapters and then I put it away. So I am sort of multitasking. I'm reading Raised on Radio. Uh, I am reading um, Darkly Dreaming Dexter, which is the first book in the Dexter series. And then I have the second Dexter book sort of like waiting in the wings. Uh, so that's what I'm reading uh, right now. And I've got any number of books that Tim has given me that I have yet to finish. Like the Christopher Hitchens book, which is another one. God damn, that Christopher Hitchens book is great. But Jesus, you got to read it by yourself. Yeah, you have to put yourself in an isolation room before you read that book because it's because he's just so blindingly smart that you have to read every sentence about four times to figure out like what the hell he's talking about. So, all right, let's do one more and then we'll uh, do one of these air checks and we'll talk to Richie Bristol. Speaking of books, because books are our friends, Prince is working on a brand new book. Twenty-one nights of photographic essay will offer a rare glimpse into the life, lyrics, and mystique. Of the maker of such hits as the 1999 song and Purple Rain. It'll be published worldwide next fall. The book, uh, his first, is based on Prince's 21 sold-out concerts, as well as many nights at London's O2 Arena in 2007. Excellent. That was one more. All right. Uh, I couldn't <laughs> tell if there was more to the story or not. Wasn't he playing in Vegas? Isn't he going? Yes. He's one of those guys. Is he at Caesar's Palace? You know, every time I go to Vegas to see someone else, Prince is playing there. <laughs> so all I have to do is go to Vegas, and I can pretty much count on Prince being there. <laughs> you conjure him. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so um, uh, let's see. I've got two different air checks here, and then we'll talk to Richie Bristol. Do we want to hear air check number one or air check number two? What's the difference? Really, they're they're each um, distinct in their own way. I uh, One, uh, let's see. One we played a little bit of on Friday. We'll just continue that one. This is, uh, his name is Coop Delicious. Uh, the Music 103. Hello, folks. This is Coop Delicious with the Music 103. I'm... By the way, Chris Paddock, I think, was sent this as like an air check from some, some young lad who wanted employment. Rocking you all into the cold, frosty night. Well, morning now. <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to excerpt that out and make that my You've Got Mail sound. Tonight is mostly clear and cold, around 30s. Saturday is mostly sunny in the upper 50s. Ooh, still a little bit chilly. <laughs> the booby doctor is growing up just a little bit. <laughs> totally. I can totally see that. Can I just tell you, by the, the way... The movie doctor without the retainer. The um, Since I moved from Xbox to Xbox 360, um, I long story short, I lost my account information. I had to start from scratch. So all my friends list, like if you have a, uh, an instant messenger or whatever, there's people on your contact list, like a friends list. When I changed Xboxes, I lost my account info. I had to get a new gamer tag, like my new handle or whatever. And so I lost all of my old online gaming, you know, pals or whoever they were. Among them was the booby doctor. Oh, no. So I've lost the booby doctor. Oh. And now I can't remember, believe it or not, and you will believe this, there's like seven different guys online who have variations on booby and doctor in their name. And I don't know which one is him. And you sound all creepy looking for a little boy named the booby doctor. I'm looking for a 12-year-old named the booby doctor. I sound like that guy from Family Guy, Sarah. I'm looking for a guy named the booby doctor. Oh, I love um, that guy. And so, the, yeah, there's no way to find out. And because it's been a few years since we first heard from the booby doctor, he would sound totally different now. So I now realize the booby doctor has lost to me forever. Saturday night, partly cloudy, low in the... Cloudy. 
just let, let's get a little recap of what we played so far. Uh, you nice six come out with Das Boot. I don't even know what he said there. That was like it all just became a bunch of mush. Partly cloudy, low in the 30s. Just let, let's get a little recap of what we played so far. Uh, you nice six come out with Das Boot. What is this? You nice six Das Boot. Is, is it U96 a band? A recap of what we played so Maybe far. Uh, you nice six come out with Das Boot. I don't even know what that means. It's like all pops and buzzes. I can't. I, I have no idea what that sentence is supposed to be. Up by Utah Saints with something good, and I'm glad it is something good for everybody to share with the whole family. So let's quit jabbering and let's start jamming. Yeah. What up, folks? This is Cooper Delicious with the Music 103. <laughs> I don't even. I, you're not even, we have, this is not even, not even a third of the way done. And we're jamming to this crazy listening pleasures music. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't mean to pick on Coop Delicious, but. You know what, I probably said things like that in my past and thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I was going to say, why would you not at least open that up in Pro Tools and maybe clean it up a little bit, but you know what, we've all done it. Yeah. Uh, boy, is it chilly out tonight. Again? This is the time of year together with a guy or girl and get loose and hang. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much gold here. I want all of these to be my ringtone. So, less about this talking I'm doing and let's <laughs> continue on with the music. Thanks, Big Bad Betty. Ha, this is Coop Delicious, raving you to the early morning hours. Tonight, mostly clear and cold around the 30s. Saturday, mostly sunny in upper 40s. Saturday night predicts... What kind of accent is this? I don't think it's an accent. I think it's just the way he talks. Mm -hmm. Does it? But, I mean, what part of the country would you say this is from? Oh, hard to tell. I have no idea. He does have the the one asset a broadcaster needs. He has a neutral accent. With a partly cloudy scheme and lows in the 30s. A scheme. I've enjoying the show so far because I know I have and some of our listeners have, too. So only some of them. Let's fill you in on what we've played so far. Uh, Obscure FM came with Michael Jackson is in heaven. Okay, what, there's something else he's... Michael Jackson is in heaven. What we've played so far, uh, Obscure FM came with Michael... What is that? Now we're being played backwards. What? Yeah, I know. It sounds like I'm buried Paul. Turn me on, Deadman. Still, you know, what we've played so far, uh, Obscure FM came with Michael Jackson is in heaven now. And followed by that, which we just heard was the Smarties Sesame's Treat. Okay. Boy, ah, we're just getting started. So <laughs> let's not stop here. Let's keep on raving. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is Coop Delicious raving with you at the crazy midnight, past midnight hour. Um, it is both crazy midnight and it is the past midnight hour. <laughs> what you just heard was Messiah Temple of Dreams. I don't want to talk too much because we got a 13, I say, I repeat, 13-minute <laughs> music suck mix coming a suck mix what is a music suck mix i like it better than than a block party or a power jam mm -hmm. a suck mix we're gonna start doing more of those here right up so you hang on to your hats <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh this is the best thing we've ever played i think so it's almost done and less blast 
Oh. Wow. Ooh, I'm hot. <laughs> I wonder for what position he was applying. We're running down on the clock. I'm sorry, kids, but it's just going to happen that way. Um, just to let you know what we've been played, has played so far, uh, <laughs> alternate with their song, Evaporate. And we played that crazy 13-minute music suck mix, which drives me wild. <laughs> that doesn't even... That sounds like Anna Nicole Smith making me beautiful music. That's totally what that sounded like. You like my body? Oh, evaporate. And we played that crazy 13-minute music suck mix, which drives me wild. Um, and then we got a special little treat for you is for me too with some meat beat manifesto so let's hang on in there till we got to got to got to go so let's go and play some music wow oh my lord ladies and gentlemen coop delicious are you going to send me a reply no <laughs> no i i speak we've already used him for what we need him for. i find his silence speaks loudly tim Play the second one. Okay. Then uh, then we'll have to break. We'll come back. Then we'll have to decide who gets the job. <laughs> Jim Roop and Peter Carlin. Uh, we should we should ask one of them for a follow-up air check. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Richie Bristol will join us next hour to talk about the unfolding horror that is his online sex life. This is the second one. Chris, uh, Chris Paddock gave this to me. Uh, this was sent to... I believe this was sent originally to Susan Reynolds. Wait, but let, let me find it. See if I can... Uh... Steve Susan's here. Because I think this one was sent originally to Susan Reynolds. And then she gave it to Chris Paddock. And Chris Paddock sent it to me. Good afternoon. Dave's in. Hey, Rick Emerson. Hey, is Susan Reynolds around? Here you go. No, no, I'm guessing she's gone. This is Susan Reynolds. I do believe, I may be wrong about this, but I think this next guy wasn't even applying for a DJ position. I think he was applying for, a, like, a promo position. Like, he wanted to be a promo director, a promo assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, not an on-air position, but for whatever reason, I guess he figured the air check couldn't help. Like, he might as well send use every arrow in his quiver. So, uh... Please find this demo for Lars Christensen. The demo includes a... <laughs> he sounds like the booby doctor. I haven't... <laughs> Please find they a demo for Lars Christensen. Wow. The demo includes a promo, an air break, and partial reading of the news. Partial reading of the news. Maybe it's just headlines. <laughs> you don't want to give us a full reading. Or partial reading is all we can. Thanks for your time and consideration. Most of the week, I'll be fine. Come Friday night, my <laughs> mental stability... Is on the line. So tune in for another edition of the Final Oh, that's kind of spooky. What? I don't understand what's going on. Put the children to bed. It's Friday night, which means it's time to get freaked out. In the head. Oh, freaked out in the head. Name let me out so I can unleash my insane all about. So tune in Friday, 9 to midnight, and the voices in my head will put you to bed. 
<laughs> wow. The voice in my head will put you to bed. This is so much better than the last one. Coupe de Ville really sounds like a Coupe de Ville really really sounds like a pro at this point. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, whose pants are these? Hi there, man. I don't know what's going this on. This can't be real. That's this guy just scares me. This can't be a real air check. There's no way. There's no one else here. So keep it locked to the impulse. 915. 915. So that would make it a college station. Yeah. yeah. Best freak of your week. The crazy mayonnaise. Impulse 915. I am your crazy mania. Crazy what? Mania? 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 You are listening to the Friday night. Hello! <laughs> Listen to all the reverb on it. Reverb makes everything better. On the Impulse 915. It is 1117 Impulse Standard Time. And, uh, well, it's Friday night. I hope you're feeling all right. And, uh,. Well, With a super heavy monster sound! Or whatever. It sounds like he's entering that madness record. I hope you're good at height. Uh, that's what I'm looking. I just know. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like I'm listening to the devil speak through somebody. You're like giving a private window to somebody's mental collapse. Wow. Well, we'll play the rest of that later. I, uh, we really have to, really have to break. Okay. Um. Let's take a break here. We will come back uh, around the corner. James Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles will join us. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. More from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And uh, the unfolding online travails of Richard Bristol. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. I wish I could unsee some of the pages in this Richie Did you see the, the part? I, I don't know, Sarah. I <laughs> so many things. That's true, because I don't know if this is the worst thing, wow. the thing I just read. So, and again, I I want to make sure we get to this, but we can't post it today because Bridget's gone today. So it'll have to wait till tomorrow to get posted on the uh, on the Internet. I don't even, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Well, it looks like we don't have Roop. Richie, uh, don't don't worry about calling CNN. Well, it's only it's 2.10 right this second. We'll see if he calls. If Roop doesn't call, we'll just kind of move forward. Here's what's coming up. we got an hour. we got uh, Tim Riley coming up later on, Peter Carlin for the Oregonian, and we're going to have Richie in to talk about this transcript, part de from his cyber sexual encounter. Pages five, six, seven, and eight. All right, what page are you on? Seven. I just, you know, I didn't even read straight through. I was just picking out phrases, and there's things I wish I could unsee. <gasps> Do you see what I mean? Oh. There are phrases in here I wish I desperately want to unsee. I don't even know how to approach this. Where, what are you looking at? Radish. I don't even know what that means. Okay. Wait, hold on. Let me number these pages. One, two. I'm not counting the summary. Three. Four. All right. What page are you on? I'm on seven. Sorry, I got distracted. Wait. Oh, that's the second to last page? Oh, I guess I should number them that way. Five, six, seven, eight. Radish. Wait, it's on, on seven. 
It's toward the. It's on the top half. Mm-hmm. You can see um, above it, like a few phrases above it. It's um, meat is capitalized. All right. Oh. Wow. Did you read underneath that? Okay. Uh, we uh, we can't just sit here and read. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so I don't even know how to, how to begin here. Um. So. All right. I, I guess the only way to begin is. Here. Richie Bristol, can you please join us in the studio? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> wow. Let's <laughs> welcome now to the Rick Emerson oh. Show, our intrepid PA. <laughs> Richie Bristol. Hello, Richie Bristol. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Richie. I regret this have, every have time. We, have we told you lately that we, we, we love like, you? I didn't think so. I had just written it off. I didn't think you would ever give it to us. We didn't think that you would bring in the final half of this transcript. I got it from all directions. What? Well, people say. Oh, oh, me, oh the, me, okay. Me. Oh, okay. Nagging for the transcript. I thought yeah. you were talking about something else. Um, oh. <laughs> so here's what's going to happen, FYI, Richie. So we, we'll, we'll talk about this. Um, we, we'll... Uh, have Tim coming up and then maybe Carlin later on in the hour. It looks like we don't have roof, so okay. <laughs> which is just as well. So, all right. So when we so you can go to sarahxdillon.com and see the first four pages of this. You can see the first four pages at sarahxdillon.com. For those that previously on Richie's sex life, so Richie had cyber sex with someone he thought was a woman, but then we all looked at the photos and realized it was a man. He brought in the first half of the transcript. What was your reason for not bringing in this second half initially? Well, because, I mean, I'm getting enough stuff just for Chrissy, let alone George. You mean, let alone George. <laughs> so, Chrissy and Georgia. So, so what basically happens here is in the second half of the transcript, which we will have to wait till tomorrow to post. We won't be able to put that up till tomorrow. You are busy having cyber relations with Chrissy. And Chrissy's, quote, roommate, George, who she claims is a woman, comes home. Right. And then does that stop you, or do you just continue having a virtual threesome with both Chrissy and George? Well, we're sitting there, and basically I'm, like, kind of embarrassed, even though I don't see him. Or It's like we're caught, but... Yeah, does either of you have a webcam at this point? No. So it's just text. She's so they can't see you? If we had a webcam, it would have stopped right off the bat, probably. <laughs> All right, so this is, but it's just, just text. Yeah. Um, here's here's the first the first couple lines of this. This second half of the transcript starts with Chrissy saying, "Are you all covered in lotion?" Richie Bristol responds, "Wait, where are you? Are you in I'm in five? starting the very top. Okay. Are you all covered in lotion? Richie responds, "Yes, and my keyboard is kind of messy too from lotion. One one presumes. Yeah. All right. Um, so." As previously, I don't even know how to handle this. So as previously discussed, you're sitting there, nude except for your socks, yes? Yeah. Yeah, all right. With a vacuum cleaner in front of the door to keep your brother from getting in? Yeah. And then an obstacle course set up in the hallway. And what would what were the things that you set up as an obstacle course in the hallway? Oh, well, we got like a bookshelf thingy, a, a, a shoe shelf thingy. Don't you have a bedroom, like, with a door that shuts? Yeah, but I've got the computer in there. Oh, so you don't have the laptop at home. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> you weren't. Okay. So you're on the community com computer in the living room. Your brother is gone. You're afraid he's going to come home, so you set up an obstacle course 
that he will have to navigate before he gets to the living room. Right. All right. Okay. Um, and so, Jesus, um, Chrissy at one point says, if he comes home, I will do you both. Smiley face. No. <laughs> and then Richie says, wait a minute, I don't like to share. I don't think I'd like that. Richie says, I can't have a man in the room. It's kind of a buzzkill for me. Um, at Skipping ahead, Chrissy says, you need to try it, Big Richie. Richie says, try what? Chrissy says, being with a man. Now, when... when <gasps> oh, I didn't read that line, but the next one before. Yeah, um... That's what I'm saying. When Chrissy was trying to suggest to you that you should try being with a man, did you did you figure that, that, that like, was that a, a hint? Well, clearly it wasn't a hint to you that it might have been really a man you were talking to. I mean, I think it, might, it should be a clue if you're talking to a woman that you can't see, and then she's trying to get you to say that you want to be with a man. I'm just saying that ought to be maybe a giveaway. I don't know. I thought she was just a little crazy. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Can I? I don't even. I don't know, even know what that means. I don't even know how to. Do, and then we have to talk to Jim Roop, who is listening with horror. I think on hold. Um, I don't even know how to handle this next sentence. Please. I don't even know if you could say that. Well, please tell me if I'm describing this next sentence correctly. In this next sentence, which I, I'm not going to read, a because the, the grammar is just sort of all over the place, the the indefinite articles and such are it's it's written a little vaguely, also because it's just a little more graphic than we want to read. In this sentence right here, Richie, are you saying that you once had a threesome with a couple, a, a man and a woman, um, but it didn't work out because. You were in the bed with the man and the woman. In the bed with a couple. Just the woman. Okay. So you, but then it, it, the way you write it here, it makes it seem like in this threesome experience you once had, everybody was under the covers, and you realized at one point you thought it was a woman performing an act, and it turned out to be the man. No, no, no. That's how this is written. No, it seems like that he was invited by the by the couple. And then he was performing with the woman, and the man was there. Did you? His, so Richie was there for his, the man's viewing pleasure. Did you not know the man was going to be there? He was hiding. Uh, where was he hiding? Like around the corner. But, but of the you knew that you were there for a threesome. No. Or did you I, think that you were just going to have an affair with a married woman? I was half asleep, and in walks my friend's wife, and I'm. Wait. There. Oh, I, okay. I know. I apologize to Ruth. We'll get him in just a second. But you're, <laughs> you're, 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 you're at whose house? At my house. You're at your house. Your friend's wife walks in. Shows up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, whoa. And Let's get it on. She crawls across the floor, under the covers, and... Into bed with you. Into bed with me. You begin like, to engage in whatever. Yeah, and I put the pillow on my face. Why? Because I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to hear that. Wow. Wow. Uh. <laughs> Let's just welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Jesus, I hope this is Jim Roop. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Hi. I'm sorry. I did, I, I, it seems like we got our signals crossed time-wise. I apologize. No, no. That's quite all right. <laughs> How are you doing, Jim? I'm much better than Richie. Jesus. I, uh, 
I didn't really see that coming right there. Um, so she was smothering your face? No, no, no. He put a pillow over your... You put a pillow over your own face because of your volume? Yeah, and I just... And then you one point, and then we'll finish this up, and we'll, Jim will never talk about this with you on the phone again. Um, and then at one point, you realize that the husband was in the room. Well, I heard giggling and grunting, and <laughs> it was not her. And then you realize he was there stealthily watching the and whole thing. And then I looked up, and basically I was... There I, he was. He was there eye to eye with me, and I'm like, oh, man. Eye to eye? Yeah, I looked up, and there he was behind his wife. Was he wearing... Was he fully dressed? I don't know. I ducked again. So clearly he just wanted to watch his wife with someone else, and so they just... He's just like, well, go in and start getting it up with Richie. He won't object. And then there he was watching you. Did yeah. they have a key to your house or apartment? Yeah, that's how did they get into your yeah. house? She kicked the door in. It was I went in the door. Wait, that was a woman. Yeah, the door frame was broke. She kicked it in. They wanted the husband and the wife wanted you so badly they actually kicked the door. That's kind of flattering, I guess. Nobody I wants me that bad. <laughs> I was just gonna say I. <laughs> Nobody will break an egg for me. <sighs> and so did you just say like, okay, we're we're done, leave? No. <laughs> oh, did you continue? Uh, till I was done. <laughs> well, once you start the launch sequence, you really can't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the voice of CNN weighing in there. The newsman says, once the train leaves the station... Yeah, once you initiate the launch sequence, man, you kind of... So you looked up... Uh, you, so you're there, the wife comes in, she's all over you, you're getting it on, you look up, there's the husband, you say, hey now... No, I just go back under the pillow. You just put the pillow back <laughs> on your face and just went back to work. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and then and then once you were finished, uh, did she just get up and leave? No, I did. You lived there. What did you, where did you go? To the bathroom. And then when you came out they were gone? No. I just let them stay in my room for a while and I fell asleep on the couch. Wait, because so when you were done, you left the room and then they continued in the room by themselves presumably. Yeah. And then you went to sleep on the couch and then you woke up later and they were gone? No, they came and woke me up again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have to come back. We're going to have to revisit this. Hi, Jim. Okay. Howdy. Every day we talk to Richie, I think that we're done, but this onion just can't, there's no center to it. You just keep peeling it, and there's just more onion every time. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, in any event, how's your life? Life's pretty good compared to... I was going to say, less, either better or just less interesting or quite possibly both. Wow. Man. Oh man! All right. Well, you've got. I mean, well, you've got your own kind of drama going on there because they got this whole. Please tell me there's not another strike looming down there. Well, it just doesn't look real good right now because uh, the, the talks were supposed to the the contract for the actors is due or, or expires June 30th, and, and they thought they would all get together several weeks before, in the hope of coming to an agreement before the contract uh, comes due, so that there's no threat of a strike. But they can't seem to get together on this new media issue. SAG really wants a better deal than the writers got, than the directors got. Uh, they've they've eased up on some of their demands, but the producers aren't budging. So they decided to go ahead and continue the talks kind of on a daily basis through tomorrow. So we'll have to see what happens between today and tomorrow. So this and this with all of the unions, this seems to be the the deal, right? What, everybody's fine until they hit this issue of streaming or on, you know, downloads. Yeah, how much actors are going to be paid for work that's streamed over the internet? And more importantly, I think, is any content that's created specifically for the internet is that going to be covered under SEG's contract? No, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. That it's not just it's like mini, it's like webisodes and yeah, and so stuff. They, and they want any actor who's a SAG actor who appears on one of these things, they want to be under SAG jurisdiction for 
for pension purposes, healthcare purposes, pay purposes, you know, and, and I think that's where that's where a lot of the uh, we don't think so is coming from from the producers. So do, they want a better deal than the writers got. Did the writers get a bad deal? No, they didn't get a bad deal, but it's just easier to, uh, in my opinion now, just in, in looking at the surface of this thing, it's easier to uh, control the creative content rather than those performing the creative content. It's easier to say, I made that, here's my deal. The uh, the actors, once they do one or two, you know, if, if you look at residuals, every time something airs, you get less. You know what I'm saying? I thought residuals were sort of, a fixed thing, but is no, that true for no. every subsequent repeat? It gets scaled down it gets incrementally. Scaled down, yeah, to the to to where it gets to where you don't get anything for it every time it airs, which is a lot of reason why some of these uh, sitcoms don't really get into circulation uh, until until several years later. Because that way, then they don't have to pay anybody. They don't have it. to pay anything. They have to pay very very little. I had no idea. See, that's I guess that's one of those things that you always hear about. And every time it airs, I get seventy five dollars. But I so guess when you talk about the internet, that thing's always running somewhere. Well, right, that and that's true. And and the other thing they were talking about, I hadn't really thought about this until they were. I read an article about this when they said that. You know that the that they were trying to class the internet broadcast of shows as reruns, and they noted that that's not really, you know, or a download is a rerun, and they noted that that's not really true anymore because for a lot of people, just because it's an episode from three weeks ago, for a lot of people when they download it off the internet, that's the first time they're watching it. Yes, it's their first. You know, so if if you wait and you get the new Battlestar Galactica on iTunes, even if that episode's three weeks old. If you're buying Battlestar Galactica off iTunes, that's the first time you're watching. It's not a rerun to you. It's your first viewing of it. Right. And, and, and you're right that they were, they're, they're thinking now in, in the near future that reruns, that's, where, that they're going to, that's going to be the Internet's function. Uh, I just, I'm so glad that I don't have to be one of the guys in the room trying to unsnarl this because it's just, and every every time a union deal comes up now, this is going to be a huge hurdle. This is going to be a big sticking point. But I got to tell you, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't want, I don't know why the producers uh, of uh, are are so locked into their formula that that's been going on forever. I mean, so you have a new place now where this thing can air. They're going to get revenue for it. You, you know, you download a newscast for Christ's sake, you get a commercial first. Sure, that's a well. There was a gag that kind of went around during the last strike where there was, you know, uh, it, it was like it, it was a sort of a pseudo, you know, uh, it was a it was a fake uh, webcast from a, a studio producer saying, and we just haven't figured out how to way to make you know a way to make money on the internet. But the gag was like every ten seconds it was interrupted by a web ad or something. So, <laughs> all right, well. It's just one big endless cluster, isn't it? I feel like Jesus. putting a pillow over my head and screaming. Oh, dude, I did not <laughs> expect Richie to say that. When he said, I put a pillow over my head, I thought maybe it was bright in the room. <laughs> I didn't think it would be to muffle his screams of pleasure. Jesus. All right. I'm, I'm sorry you had to be exposed to all of that. There's, go drink that pain away, Jim Roop. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Right. Jim Roop in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Sarah. How you doing over there? I'm just looking at Batman stuff, and somebody just posted perhaps a spoiler picture of um, a concept image of Harvey Dent after his face has been mangled by the acid. Well, not only that, uh, if you watch that 
HD trailer that was released this weekend, which I watched like seven times in a row yesterday. I was here at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the thing is, as much as we complain about CBS bandwidth and our Internet being really slow here, you know, at night or on a weekend, and I work at night sometimes, but on a weekend, it's lightning fast. So if you ever want to, like, download anything, do it on, like, on a Sunday. So I came in yesterday and I was like, look at this HD trailer for the Dark Knight. I watched it over and over. I watched it probably five or six times in a row, and then I watched it again later. There is, and this is... How do I say this? Is it a spoiler or not? There's a scene in the new Batman trailer, in the new Dark Knight trailer, that looks a hell of a lot like a big spoiler to me. I mean... All right, I'm going to watch it at the break. I keep intending to, and then I keep getting distracted. I don't even want to tell you where it is. Okay. But if you watch the new Dark Knight trailer really closely, there does... It happens quick. But if you are watching it over and over and over, like a nerd... It, it, there's something in there that looks a whole lot like a big spoiler. Okay. So, anyway. Do you want to see this picture that I found? God, is it of Richie? No, no, no. It's okay. a, no, <laughs> it's a Harvey just... Dent. All right. Oh, that's pretty cool. Isn't that gnarly? Yeah. I don't even know how to proceed with this Richie thing. I just Maybe don't. we should take a break, reset, do some news with Tim, and then proceed. We have Peter Carlin, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, again, we can't post any of this until tomorrow, anyway, because Bridget's gone. I did not. And do we even want like this? Just gets a little. I did not anticipate Richie revealing that he'd been in a threesome, and then that it was. Did you hear that? that like, yeah, that he was they like, sprung it on him. <laughs> well, they sprung it on him. Like, and suddenly here's your husband without like it. But then he was just like, well, I was already there, so I figured let's go for it. And then they woke him up again later in the living room. Like, if somebody's kicking in the door to your house, I don't care how hot the wife is. That's a that's a that's a warning flag right there. All right, Jesus. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Some news from Tim Riley. Some observations from Peter Carlin. More horror from Richie Bristol. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, you don't want to look at that, Tim. You can never unsee those things. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying not to look at the final page of this. You don't want to see it, Tim. Where it just, where it just says, ooh, over and over again. Is <laughs> he thinking? About... Oh my God! Oh no. What? Are you on the last page? What are you doing? I didn't read this sentence. Right after he says, ooh. <gasps> Is it about candy? No. Well, what kind of candy? Mm. Oh. Ew, did you read the last line? Oh, yes. Did you read the last line? Oh, my God. I can't no. wash off the no, red no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. That is a shame. Well, we have other things here to take your mind off. It's I know. I'm moment. trying to find my center. Okay. The goggles, they do nothing! Ministry of Truth. Jesus. This is Tim Riley. Very excited but not nervous. That's how Laura Bush describes how she and the president feel about this Saturday's wedding of their daughter, Jenna. It's a very interesting passage of life when you get to uh, that time in your life when your child's first child's getting married and we're getting, for us, our first son. So it's a thrill, and we're very happy about it. Have fun, Laura. Try not to kill anybody at the wedding. 
Why can't she get married at the White House like a real lady? Well, she just wanted to get married at home. She's going to wear she white? She feels a lot more comfortable there. and It'll be really beautiful. This is a time when wildflowers are all blooming, and I think it'll be a very, is that code very for something? wedding. It'll be very like Jenna and Henry, and, of course, that's what we want. Is she we the one that she wants. looks like her mom or the one who looks like her dad? I'm not sure. They're bringing in some fresh The brush. blonde one. She's a little blonde one. Is she the one she's that's the bigger one. A, little, a little chubby? and a little, a little chubby. A little, uh, a little sexy? Yeah. All right. A little blonder, a little sexier. Uh, this comes to us from Florida, and it's very troubling. I don't... I, I can't even bring myself to uh, yeah, to move anymore. Miami gang leader Manuel Insane Balbin, I guess his middle name is Insane, believed a young member swiped his PlayStation 2. He spared the teen's life, but not before he jolted the teen's right testicle with a taser stun gun, carved gang initials into the teen's back, then used axe deodorant spray and a lighter to torch his leg, shot the teen then 17 three times with a stolen pink-painted rifle, dressed him in a tube top and forced him to steal beer from a convenience store. <laughs> this is the best. This is the best Florida story ever. Mm -hmm. It's an aggregation of all good things from Florida. The strange torture case took another strange oh. twist. Last month's agent said an inmate admitted he wrote threatening letters to Balvin in exchange for a bag of chips. Balvin on Friday uh, will decide before Miami-Dade County Judge Peter Lopez whether to accept the plea or go on trial. The reputed leader of Little Havana's Satan Disciples <laughs> is charged with the 2005 attempted murder and kidnapping of Balvin's attorney, Jason Gray, calls the allegations absurd. Floated by the victim, a liar who has claimed membership in two gangs. No, of course, the guy who's the head of the Satan's Disciples is a much more reliable witness. Yes. Don't you know the club is the exclusive hangout of the Satan's helpers? Here's Tim Riley. Well, that's it for me because I want to get uh, back to the meat and potatoes of what's really going on here. Okay, then. <laughs> You'll have more news this afternoon, of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, I thought you meant you were going to go look for more real news. Well, I will. What were you referring to just now when you said meat and potatoes? He's referring to Richie's meat and oh, potatoes. Oh, God. I, <laughs> I don't want to hear about Richie's meat or his potatoes, Sarah. Was that intentional? Just now? Excellent. Well done. It all fell into place. It's it's called teamwork. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. All right, so did you... Did How'd you get the buffer? potatoes among the meat? <laughs> what? Did you load it? Uh, it's almost done here. I'm, I'm loading it over here. Let's it's just take a me. call in the meantime. Uh, I'm loading a very high-resolution version of the uh, Dark Knight trailer, and then we're going to watch it on the air. Won't that be fun for everybody who's not us? Have you seen it, Tim? No. Oh, do you want to watch it? Sure. Okay, it's loading... It's loading right here. I'll let you know as soon as it's done. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's going to be uh, probably 90 seconds. We'll be ready. Hi. Hello. Hello? Hello. Hi. Yes, it's you, sir. Is this me? Yes. yes. Okay. Hi. Hey, just a quick question. Do you know what VISO stands for? Does it have a meaning or... Uh, well, originally, it's the, the full name of the company used to be V-Soda, V-I-S-O-A-D, uh, so whatever, V-Soda. Uh, and it was short for vitamin soda. And then uh, and then they just decided, everybody started calling it V-Soda, they were kind of abbreviating it, so they, they abbreviated it themselves. Have you noticed, like, if you drink the Vigor, it makes you go to the bathroom, like, for an hour? <laughs> Tim? 
I don't think so. I think that's only you, sir. I would say that's only you. I would. I would I suggest would your position. Perhaps you. Yeah, I was just going to say you and your dog. It's an awesome flow. I was just going to say I. I haven't, and so Tim hasn't. So I would get thee to a position, sir. Perhaps some. I think I will. Perhaps some flow less might be prescribed to you. Some stop leak. Yeah. All right, you guys. Have okay, a good day. thank you. All right, Bye. Jesus. All These right. old wives' tales spread like fire. <laughs> Seriously, um, I will say that uh, just real briefly. So we went to this uh, this thing on Saturday, this this sort of pizza event that Aaron was. Uh, Aaron you and my nine wife. pieces of pizza. Yes, where I did. Wait, no, it was seven earlier. Now no, it's become nine. No, you said nine. I think you it was, said it was more than. No, you said it was nine. I'm like, oh, you ate more than a full piece of pizza by or a full pizza by yourself. Well, perhaps that was true. You did say nine. Anyway, uh, but I went there, and of course, uh, because I'm surrounded by alcoholics, uh, there was no beverage there that did not have uh, alcohol of some. Everything there was just either liquor or beer. Uh, and so uh, Sneed and I, uh, we wanted to get some additional beverages, so we walked across the street to Backspace, and uh, and there was a Viso there. And it uh, it really is. I do have to say this. It's not like I'm doing a commercial here, but it, it really is everywhere. They have Viso uh, ground control, too. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. They were there, too, because, uh, because Richie uh, bought me one as I was busy having my ass handed to me. Uh, at Tempest. So, is yours completely buffered? Because um, mine is about three quarters of the way, but it's it's a little uh, slow. It, it's going to be. Yes, I mean, mine's completely buffered. Well, we might as well watch it there. Okay. I suppose right. it'll be well, unsatisfying. Get us out of the room. Hold everybody on a second. Move with us. Hold on. Now, is it back at the beginning? Yeah. Okay. We're all moving to the right. All right. So, everyone, please join us. Everyone, now we're going to be watching the Dark Knight trailer. I'm on, trying to on the radio. There we go. All right. All right. Can you turn the uh, screen this way? All yep. Right. Ladies and gentlemen. We're now watching a trailer on the radio. Once again, watching a trailer on the radio. Where do we begin? A year ago, these uh, cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. I mean, what happened? So what are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. (laughs) Here's my card. Bruce, it's Harvey Dent. Rachel's told me everything about you. I certainly hope not. You almost told me that we'd be together. Did you mean it? Chris, don't make me your only hope for normal life. You're Alfred, right? That's right, sir. Any psychotic ex-boyfriends I should be aware of? Oh, you have no idea. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're tonight's entertainment. Well, hello, beautiful. You look nervous. I see now what I have to become to stop men like him. The night is darkest just before the dawn. I promise you, the dawn is coming. And here we go. a better class of criminal. I'm going to give it to him. No! <laughs> You'll see. I'll show you. I saw this over the weekend. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. 
go. How badass oh, is that? My God. Yeah. So now, did it's you good. see? What in the back, butcher? In the middle of the day, Alfred. Not very subtle. The Lamborghini did. I saw the whole thing. Apparently, it's at the is it the Iron Man? Is it at Iron Man? Yes. Ah, uh, I'm so jealous that you saw it on the big screen. That's awesome. Um, so uh, and I'll send you the link to the actual. Well, you can actually see um. You can see the full screen one at whysoserious.com. It's okay. like a full, it, it, mine is actually still loading, but if you it's watch because, it somewhere done, that's not here. <laughs> well, they've done such a good job with the viral marketing that Harvey Dent to me now is kind of exists a little yeah. bit. And so seeing him in the thing, I'm like, wow, I've just seen, you know, the still picture of his face for months and months and months. There is this thing uh, that happens, and I think Harry Knowles or Moriarty or somebody said that it happened at, um, at about a minute 56. Um, but there's something that looks very much like a big spoiler in this trailer. And um, I don't know if I should even mention it, because it's in the trailer, but you may not notice it. And I'm, I'm looking for it. Do you want me to say what it is? I mean, again, it's not hidden. It's it's a thing you can see in the trailer. But I don't know if the average person... See, I don't think I would have noticed it if I hadn't watched it like a hundred times in a row. Um, okay, yeah, tell me. Well, it does look... It does look at one point... Uh, and again, about a minute 56, it, uh, which is um, kind of what everybody sort of everybody sort of seized on this. It does look a little bit like, uh, uh, what's her name, Rachel Maggie Gyllenhaal, is being thrown off the building off the by the building. Joker. I saw that. Yeah, the, because, because uh, Aaron Eckhart's like, no! And then they show the Joker, and it looks very much like he is throwing her off the okay, side of the building. that's the thing that I noticed, too. Yeah, so I don't know if that's true, or maybe it's a, a red herring or something, but... It, uh, yeah, it's all kinds of cool. So, um, yeah, so you can see that at com right there. All right. It's, uh, this is so neat. I love this whole thing. Are we going to have time for Richie? Uh, I don't even know what to do with this. Like, oh, and God. it isn't fair that we get to read this and the people can't well, see it. Well, we Bridget is, is taking a vacation day, so she won't be back until tomorrow. So we will have to... Um, we'll have to, to, to have it posted tomorrow. I, I don't even... <sighs> I don't even – let me again, let me just read you some of the highlights from this. Okay, let's make sure we're on the same page. With I'm just reading on. Richie's bullet points. Okay. Where Richie says, basically the info is that I get lotion that gets hot when blown on, and then I guess Chrissy tries to tell him to – let me just – I mean, I, I guess maybe the way to uh, – Here we Damn it. That's go. my Batman trailer playing. Sorry. Um, sorry, that's, uh, that was me. Hold on. Let me Let me pause that. I love, did you, okay, after let me, you read let that. Let me just, uh, okay. Richie, if you can, for the love of God. Hello, Richie. So. Did you look at the top of page seven? No. Please to be going there. It everybody says, about to, we'll get this posted tomorrow so you the can. The use of a men's <gasps> name is kind of weird. Wow. Um, Do you see that? No. Below, this this use of men's names is kind of weird. Uh, where is that? Uh, hold on For a second. For me, it's at the top of page seven. Yeah, I don't have that. Uh... It says why, and then Richie says, you sure you are Oh, female? here we go. Yeah, the use of men's with a Z, names is kind of... And then Chrissy, who clearly is a yeah, guy... Chrissy's all class. Class up a K. Chrissy responds by saying... No, I have a blank insert uh, sensitive a sensitive element of the female anatomy. Yes, I have a blank. Richie says, uh, "Oh, and then and, and then Richie says, wow, sorry, I don't mean to be so blunt.'" Um, 
Anyway, uh, uh, Jesus, I don't. This is like wrong. This is so wrong. Richie, there's, this is, and so whose idea was it to get this lotion that heats up when blown on? Uh, hers. It just, was it really hers? You have to be honest. No, you said it was yours. I haven't read yeah. the whole thing. I can't bring myself. And so who's, at one point here, you have this lotion that heats up when blown on. At one point, someone suggests that you get like a fan or a hair dryer. No. Uh, whose idea is that? Uh, hers. Let's see. Well, let's go back and make sure. Quit being coy. Is it your idea? Do you suggest that here? The hair dryer. No, it's Richie's suggestion. So she's like, okay. Oh. oh, Richie says, wait, let me grab the hair dryer. OMG, I can't believe I'm doing this. OMG, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then Richie says, do it. I wonder if a regular fan will work. Oh, my oh, God. Okay, I have to God. read this next sentence, then we'll break. So this is a just So the, the, Richie says... I have this lotion that heats up when you blow on it. Chrissy's like, too bad I'm not there to do that. Uh, to, you know, blow. Uh, Richie says, wait, let me grab the hair dryer. OMG, I can't believe I'm doing this. I wonder if it will work. Chrissy responds, it will, baby. Make it hot for me. Wow. Ugh. Hi, mom. <laughs> Is your mom listening? Please tell yeah. me your parents. Please tell me your family listens. Yeah, and I have to explain it to her. <sighs> does your Does your mom always listen, or is yeah, it just every specific day, to today? Did you see this part where Richie says because this is Chrissy, full name Christian. And George, who Chrissy claims is another Georgia, woman. full name George. Yeah, full name Georgia. So clearly two guys pretend to be two women. Do you see where Richie says, well, if you're going to be Chris and George, then I'm going to be Rochelle. LOL, LOL, Oh, here it is. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Ooh, Rochelle, I like it. Ooh. Do you see the next sentence? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Get on all fours, Rochelle. Get on the floor. Oh, Jesus. All right, we have to take a break. <laughs> okay, I was trying to buffer something. To buffer. Can get those back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's gold right there. Way to go. Way to go out. Thank you. You know the William Shatner version is much better than this. All right, take a break. Back after this on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> Still left in this transcript. We haven't even gotten to the part where his brother comes home. 
she just left us in the... Or the... <laughs> the candle the wax. terms that they use to describe Richie and his manhood. Did you see that when he describes... When he says the phrase Richie sandwich, he spells it with a W? A witchy sandwich? Did you see what he calls his socks down there? No. Where, what page? A bottom of page seven. No, I... I must be missing I love it says, we are both naked. <laughs> and hot. Oh, yeah. Uh, what does that even mean? I don't know. How long do we have here? Um, like two and a half minutes. Maybe we should take some calls or something. Maybe. I don't feel like we've had any callers today, have we? Not really. Yeah, I don't know. Jarvis Cocker is the dreamiest thing ever. But he's no William Shatner. No, he's I'm just trying to scrub the, the Richie out of my head, and it's not working. I love this song. I know I've said this a billion times, but I want to see that BBC documentary where they look for the girl this is about. Because this song really, and I, every time we play this, all of our, you know, any British expatriates who listen to us, I mean, this song is so huge in Britain. It is very, it's the definition of an instant classic. And I don't pretend to really understand that because I'm not British, but I... Apparently, this is like the closest thing to a national anthem that there is uh, in, in Britain. Just a great song. I will go through like a couple weeks at a time where this will not be out of my stereo. I will just listen to this song on repeat. And this whole album happy. is really good. The whole album's great. It's got misshapes and it's got, uh, uh, what was it? what's the other song in there that I really like? I know, I like um, on the, the track listing uh, 6 and 7 and right. 8. Right. Um, and I Spy. I Spy is a great yeah. song. But this is a song that... And I know we're talking over it. The song is called uh, Common People by Pulp. You really ought to listen to it. Um, I will say, this is a song that the first time I heard it, it this sounds corny, but it just took my breath away. I mean, I was... There's no other way to put it. Sass like Jarvis Cocker. And it just And it just floored me. I mean, this song left me speechless. The first time... The first time I ever heard the song, it really did... I felt like someone had punched me in the stomach. And it was that great. Well, because everyone knows people like this. Exactly. Did I give you that documentary, Live Forever? No. It's a documentary. That I think I did, actually. Maybe you did. The Rise and Fall of Britpop. Lots yes. of interviews with Jarvis Cocker. You can and watch Blur. That. Yeah. And, oh, you know what? I need to watch that. You should see that. And The Iron Giant. <laughs> I have both of them. I, it's not like they're lost in my DVD collection. I have them sitting. I there. watch Family Guy. So I know. It's true. You, you know should what? watch the Iron you Giant. You made me promise when uh, you gave me Iron Giant that I'd watch it in one sitting. And I started watching it, and I was only able to watch half of it. And I felt <gasps> like I let you down. So I'm, I'm setting aside a time where I'm going to watch the whole thing. Okay. I only watched, it wasn't even half of it. It was like It's like killing minutes. a puppy in front of me. I know. And I made you a promise, so I, I, right. when I had to stop watching, I needed to get some distance. All right. When is this? Uh, when are we done? Like 15 seconds. <laughs> Do you want to read any more of, you know, Richie's? No. I mean, God, there's no, I mean, again, we'll revisit this tomorrow, so everybody, and we'll get it posted tomorrow, so everybody can share the horror. Jesus. I almost don't want to put that on my website. <laughs> I'll put it on mine. Okay. You put half on your site and then half on my site, and none of it on a CBS site. Jesus. So dirty. Richie, here's a line where Richie says, ooh, that's so hot. 
Yes, it is. I like the ooh and the no. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was dead. All right. uh, We want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastam, I'm James Rupin. Our apologies to Peter Carlin, who got bumped. Uh, We will talk to him later on the week. Rick Emerson, show producer today, every day, the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970. Solid State Radio in the newsroom, Tim Riley in the phones. Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, is Dave Zinn. Webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. The director of engineering, Brian Jones, and CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe. Like us next. Michael Mara at 7. See you tomorrow at 10 for the recap and 11 for the show. Bye now. Well, how long is huge? Four I don't know. I only saw the first half okay. of it, and that had to be at least three feet.